conversation with Steve Allen. Or even 31 degrees. Who the heck wants that? Some people love it though, don't they? Some people absolutely are reveling in this heat. I'm not one of them, I'm afraid, but I moan about it every day because <laughs> that's what we do. We're British. We moan about things. No point not moaning about it. Good God in heaven. I mean, that's the whole idea, isn't it, of being British? Why? We queue and we moan. And the more you moan about it, the happier you feel. I can't... I tell everybody... I got about four phone calls yesterday from a friend of mine saying, you're not doing well in the heat, are you? Knowing that I wasn't doing well in the heat. And I didn't do well in the heat. And I, I suffered. In fact, even on Sunday morning, we were out Regent's Park really early. Like, uh, quarter to nine. Which I thought was, you know... Before, but it was boiling hot, even at quarter to nine in the morning. It's terrible. And, uh... I was sort of thinking, oh, do you think it's going to... Do you think we can have some rain? And I thought, no. And you know when you come out, you can't remember if you've left the tap on at home, filling up the water. But I can't remember if I've left the tap on. I really can't remember. And uh, I thought, well, you know, if I have, I have. If I haven't, I haven't. Who cares? But uh, I had to water the baskets before I came out, because I thought, I don't want to go back to another 29 degrees, get home about, you know, 11 o'clock this morning to find these poor little things wilted. So anybody who's got basket... And my neighbours have gone away, so they said, Steve, could you water our stuff? So I'm, I'm panicking in case their stuff dies. I've got a lot to worry about this weekend. It's not just whether or not she's going to have this blooming baby. And then she turns out she was at home with her mum, and I thought, well, she's not going to have the baby today. I bet she has it today. I bet she has it today. I bet it's going to be a Monday baby. Please, God, it's not on my shift. Everybody says the same, don't they? You know, we don't want anything like this on my shift. Because otherwise I have to talk baby talk, you know, for the rest of the program. It'll be all very exciting and lovely and, and wonderful, which is, uh, which is great. You know, I don't have any problem with babies. I'm surrounded by them at home at the moment. Four, four new babies. Four new babies we've had over the past uh, four months. Nothing to do with me, I hasten to add. I've got nothing to do with these things at all. But, but, they, but neighbours bring them out and show you. And uh, I've got a neighbour either side of me. They've both had babies. Whether I'm the influence behind this, I've got no idea. But, of course, now they're listening to the programme because they're waking up early in the morning for feeds. And they're both really gorgeous. Got the one in, in one of the flats one side of me. Really, really gorgeous. But, of course, they have to keep bringing her out because it's so hot. So they brought this industrial fan, which <laughs> you can hear it outside. It's that good. I've got fans all over the place, which is lovely. And, uh, and then I've got another baby the other side. And, of course, you don't know why, why babies start crying, because if we feel the heat, they must be even worse. So I always recommend... I was in Costco yesterday in Watford, and uh, there was a lady buying a couple of fans. They, had, they were too expensive. I thought, 41 quid for a Bionair fan. No, thank you very much indeed. And the little girl said, I don't want a fan. And the mum said, your bedroom's boiling hot, you're having a fan. And that's what you need. It's ideal in the bedroom. It's ideal to buy a fan. I went down... When I went down to my godchildren, when was it, about four months ago? Three months ago? Three months ago. And it was boiling hot. So when we went out, I said, I'm going to buy you fans. Because I know the advantage of having a, ha- a fan in the bedroom where it's just wafting backwards and forwards. And to be honest with you, for sort of 30 quid, it's worth it to keep cool at night. At the moment, I'm sleeping on top of the duvet. Take that image out of your mind. And, uh, and I've got the fan play naked as a jaybird. And not really, actually. A small thong. And a little onesie. And uh, or a twosie. And so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. that. That's actually great. But, oh, it's just uncomfortable. I got out of the car this morning, and I know, because I did it yesterday in my car, because we went out and we had the air conditioning on all day. And then all of a sudden the air conditioning in the car, I think it's called comfort cooling, didn't appear to be as strong as it was before. So I turned it off, thinking it'll sort of reboost the system. But, of course, in that process, the back of your shirt on the seat gets wet. And so, and it's, it's, oh, and it sticks to your body. And it's like, that's horrible. And so I get out of the car and I go to Marks and Spencer's and I was aware of the fact that the back of my shirt was soaking wet. So people behind me in the queue were probably going, he's really wet. He's really wet. And it happened this morning in the car. I get out of the car 
and the back of my shirt was wet because you're leaning up against sort of plastic or whatever it was. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. And uh, I thought the next person's going to get in, lean up against the seat and go, it's wet. It's wet. He'll go, that was the last one. The last bloke who got in here. Terrible, isn't it, really? Just terrible. Anyway, apart from that, did you have a good weekend? Yeah? 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 And all shout out at the same time. I don't really care, actually, because as long as my weekend goes okay. And it, it was nice. It was nice. I was up early Saturday morning, did loads of things Saturday morning. And then by the time it got to Saturday afternoon, I thought, I'm out of this heat. I'm out of this heat. So I was back inside, remembering to water in the baskets, remembering. I'm delighted that more and more companies and little shops on the high street are putting out bowls of water for dogs. Because I think that's really important. All it is, it doesn't have to be anything really flash. You know, just a Tupperware box with water in that you top up on a regular basis. Because dogs get really, really thirsty. So uh, just do it. We've got about four or five shops now in Twickenham that do it. Actually, strange enough, there's a, there's a piece in one of the papers. I thought it was Twickenham they were doing. It's Orpington. And it's got loads of charity shops. I thought you want to come to Twickenham. We call them Polish department stores. Because we've got so many charity shops. In fact, I think, I mean, I've lost track of how many department stores we've got. People come all the way in from Hounslow to go shopping in, in charity shops, which, of course, effectively kill the high street. Because what they're doing is flogging stuff really, really cheaply. Well, actually, not so in many cases. But it just ruins the high street. I mean, you know, much as I love charity shops, it's a business. Then I discovered the other day, just to really annoy myself, that the Duchy of Cornwall doesn't pay corporation tax or anything. The Duchy of Prince Charles... Basic tax of little people. They would pay tax. Only for peasants pay tax. So he's, he's up before a common select committee later on. Well, I shouldn't imagine he will be. But uh, the people of his organisation have found out why he's not paid any corporation. Ever. Ever. Never paid anything at all. Not a penny piece. And you see, as far as I'm concerned, lead by example. Pay the things. And then we lost another girl, didn't we, over the weekend. She's wandered off with a Turkish waiter. Apparently it's got a bit of a history. What is it about, you know, 16-year-old girl? It's holiday romances. We've all done it, haven't we? Oh, Manuel, I really love that boy. I really love him. You see them sitting on the plane smoking the lets. Sort of, oh, I really love him. I love him. He, 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 I'm going to take him home with me to Bradford because I love him. And, and, and people do fall in love on holiday, so she's run off with him. They're a bit stupid, I know. You know, most of us are going, you're a bit dumb, aren't you? And then you look at Joe, Joey Essex, otherwise known as... Joey Essex. And uh, he went to some, some festival. He's had a VIP tent. I've got no idea why. He knows, knows diddly squat about music or anything like that. And he managed to pick a girl up who looked a bit plainer than Sam for ears. But there again, when you look like a sort of a, a Thai transvestite drag queen, you know, with the amount of makeup you're troweling on there, anything is a bit of a respite, I suppose. Didn't take him long to find somebody else. So I suspect he just wants a little bit of company. Uh, Gaza, way eh? I've been off the booze for four days and I'm good at... No, you're not, dear. No, you're not. We've heard all this garbage before. You've told us lies before. I'm a bit bored with it. I don't care. You can drink yourself into oblivion. I really don't mind. It's your business. It's your life. If we can only offer the advice and say, look, you're going to die. OK, it's as simple as that. If you keep drinking like this, you're going to die. Over the weekend, he was going to throw himself off Brighton Pier. Well, throw yourself off Brighton Pier. If that's what makes you feel better, but we can only offer advice. If you don't want to take the advice, well, then we can do no more, barring chaining you up to a wall and saying you're not going anywhere until you've dried out. Now they managed to drag in so-called friend Jimmy Five Bellies, known because he's so fat. And this is Gaza's friend. And Gaza said, I just want to be loved. And I thought, nobody loves you. That's the trouble. You might think they do, but they don't really care about you. If they care about you, then they'd be not just... Just handing over money isn't enough for rehab. That is not enough. He doesn't need that. 
What he needs is people with him to keep him off the booze, to keep him occupied. They should have arranged it in shifts, but of course they're only doing it for a bit of publicity in the papers, aren't they? Oh, I'll give him some money, I'll put him in rehab, and then he'll be off the booze and I'll be hailed a hero. Doesn't work like that. You cannot do that. You've got to be with people all the time. It's no good just leaving him by himself. He sits there staring at the blooming walls. What's the point of that? What's what is staring at the walls if you're an alcoholic and you've got no friends? And he's got no friends. Take my word for it. He's got no friends. What he needs to... Stamp collecting. Stamp collecting, I think. Or failing that, sort of, you know, a jigsaw would keep him... He's bored out of his tiny. And you know why? Because he's an alky. And he doesn't know how to do anything else. So he sits there and goes, I'm only fun, and people only find me fun when I've had a couple of drinks. So he goes to the bar, and he has... We used to have a presenter on LBC years ago. He could not do a programme without six double vodkas inside him. He found it impossible. Oh, he was, he was well able to stand. Well, in fact, he sat for most of the programme. But he, he would go to the pub before the show and he would have six double vodkas. I mean, to be honest with you, he got caught out a couple of times. And he was, he was funny, but he, um, it, it, a couple of times it kind of let him down a bit. And he did die, um, probably through the alcohol, I should imagine. But it's, you cannot help it. If they don't want to be helped, it's like somebody who wants to give up smoking or any addiction. It doesn't matter whether it's kebabs. You see these huge fat people sitting in, you know, kebab shop. You feel like saying, listen, that's why you're fat. Because you're eating kebabs. Don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, I've lost track of how many times you say to people, it's fattening. Everything in moderation. I had a slice of pizza the other day. A slice. I mean, look at me pushing the boat out. Oh, big up Steve Allen. One slice of pizza. And that was quite enough. And then I had a little chocolate ice cream that went with it. I just had four cheeses, which is OK. I mean, cheese not particularly good for you anyway. But I had it was just one slice of pizza. I had it in Costco. You can either have a whole pizza or a slice. Well, there's no way I could eat a whole pizza. That's just stupid. So I just had a slice of pizza. And, you know, that filled me up. That filled me up beautifully. Although we did buy some frozen raspberries. The time we got home to Marylebone, they weren't frozen raspberries anymore. We could have made a smoothie out of them. It was so hot. It was just so hot. But, um... All in all, you've got Gazza in the paper today. You've got uh, Zara Phillips. Uh, who's that? I don't like Zara Phillips. I don't know. I think you're all entitled to not like certain people, and she's one of them I don't like. I do worry about the soldiers march to their deaths. This is in the SAS, so they, they train. Now, I know through bitter experience, because I've spoken to enough SAS former soldiers over the years, and I know what the training is, and I know it is tough. But to be honest with you, on the hottest day of the year, they march them out... And uh, they go on this exercise, 2,900 foot above sea level. They went through brutal physical trials, including long runs in body armour, whilst carrying weapons and battlefield equipment weighing more than 100 pounds. As the temperature hit 30 degrees, six of them collapsed. An RAF Sea King helicopter was deployed immediately uh, to take them to Merthyrtidville Hospital. Two of them died. I mean, you can't help feeling, you know, it's, it's just... Whatever it was they were being trained for, you don't take people out on the hottest day of the year in full combat with all this stuff and you put them through, you know, something that is gruelling. Because these people are quite young. I don't think they're very old at all. I mean, it's, it is it is a bit difficult when you're going out there. I understand training. I know exactly what it's like. I come from a military family. I know what they put these, these people through. And these military personnel, too... Of the, they say they were in the TA, they died as a result. The heat was that intense. And also, if you're making people run, I remember seeing a documentary on the BBC years ago, and they were showing people joining 
Which was the one that Prince Edward went in? Was he in, into the... Was it the Green Berets or something? I can't remember what he was going in for. But they, were, they wake them up. So, in other words, you climb into bed, two in the morning, everybody up, outside. It doesn't matter what the weather is, outside. Two in the morning, and then, right, now we're going over the moors, all your backpacks on, you're now going to swim across a lake with your backpack on. And you think... I'd be saying, excuse me, I don't get up till eight o'clock. I should have a light English breakfast, two slices of toast and a cup of Starbucks coffee. Okay, then and only when I've done my hair will I be reporting for duty. I have no intention of crawling for a river at three o'clock in the blooming morning, whether you want to do it or not, you sadist. It's a simple case of I don't need to butch myself up. I can do it quite well by myself. And until I've had a shower and I will be using... Joe Malone shower gel, okay, and uh, I'll be there, and then I would do. If you want to see how bad that is, watch. Is it carry on in the army or something? Kenneth Williams, and he's he'd been called up for military military duty, and they stand by your bed, you little man. He went, I shall get up in a moment, and please don't shout. And I thought that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? But when they take them out on a really really hot day, that's actually not not really doing them any favours at all, as in the case of two of these lads. There will be a full. Investigation. 16 minutes past four. This is LBC. Morning, 4.20. <sighs> Boiling, isn't it? Even though you've got the windows open. Actually, I got in the car this morning and the windows were shut. And I thought, God, blimey, how can you drive around? Perhaps some people don't feel the heat. Perhaps some people really... I had the window down straight away. <sighs> the wind blowing through my hair. You know, <sighs> which is lovely. I love it. Uh, James says Prince Edward was in the Royal Marines, but he left to become a clown. Yes, that's true, he was in the Royal... But he, he left early, didn't he? Because he couldn't... Uh, it was all just a little bit too butch. And so he didn't didn't bother doing that. David says, I'd love you to be on um, next year's Britain's Got Talent as a judge. I'm afraid I'd just be honest with them. I'd just go... I'll tell you what I did laugh at this morning. Cheryl Cole, uh, knee... Cheryl, uh, knee... Tweedy and uh, knee. Oh, here we are in court, and uh, here we are. Oh, look, Will I am's going to be my my uh, my mentor. No, he's not. And uh, here I am doing a music video. Oh dear, no, I'm not. Anyway, she's going ahead with suing Simon Cowell in America because even though they ended up dropping Cheryl because um, the, uh, mainly the Americans didn't understand what earth she was talking about. To be honest with you, and I, and I don't, and I'm not rude about this in any way, shape or form. She's not much cop. She really isn't much cop. It's, it's very sweet. She's as far as you can go based on looks. Apart from that, no talent whatsoever. So she can dance up and down a little bit. The only reason her record's ever got in the charts, as girls allowed, she was part of a group. And when she was by herself, she had the, um, the X Factor, which gave her all that free publicity. And here's Cheryl miming partly to her... We're going to fate, fate, fate... F- oh, go away, you dreary old baggage. Anyway, turns out that old fagash Lil is still at it, but she's decided. So she goes to America... And they end up sort of dropping her from the programme after a very short time. Because, hey, she doesn't know anything. How can you put... This is America, for God's sake. It's America. They are so... They've got everything. They've got better-looking girls parking cars in America. You know, Cheryl Cole, knee Tweedy, is of no interest to them whatsoever. And so she goes over there and she's just... She falls flat on her big face. And so what's happened is she's decided... So they then drop her. But they give her one and a half million pounds. One and a half million pounds. So they they pay off the contract for the series. Oh, it's not enough. Oh, it's really not enough. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to take them to court. So she's taking Simon Cowell to court. She's pushing for the full fee, two million pounds, legal fees and a bonus, which could top three and a half million pounds. 
She's going to find out what Simon Cowell earned and her co-stars too. And um, she accepts that she was paid £1.2 million despite only making a brief appearance. She claims she was promised £1.5 for a second series, whatever the outcome of the first. Uh, the company, Blue Orbit, insists she was treated fairly. If she loses, she'll face a million-pound bill. Now, to be honest with you, I don't think Simon Cowell is one of those people who likes to lose. Simon Cowell is a winner. He's more intelligent than she is. He's got, he'll have a fantastic legal team. To be honest with you, he will just see her as a money grabber. That's all he'll see her as. It was like that stellar English trying to take Lord, uh, Lord Sugar to court and falling flat on her smug little face. You knew the woman was an idiot to start with, and she lost big time. Cheryl, in America, uh, getting over this three... He's not going to have it. He's going to go, listen, love, you know, we treated you very fairly. You're bloody useless at what you do. You're thick as a brick. You've got £1.2 million for doing nothing. And you want more? More? I'll call it a twist all over again. So, I mean, I hope for her sake she actually gets what she wants... But if it, if it all falls flat her face, she's a million quid out of pocket and the rest of it. And then Cheryl might have to go back to stacking shelves or doing something because there's no place for her in show business. There's absolutely no place. She can't do anything. She's not going to go into the... Ch- How is she going to promote it? You know, with the X Factor, that was, that was the best thing that she ever had because it was a free platform, like for all of them, a free platform to do their, their, their free publicity. And Simon was very generous. No matter what you think about whether Simon's programmes are any good or the stupid egg-throwing, talentless woman who plays a cello. You know, I mean, she'll, she's out in the wilderness already, poor soul. You know, don't bite the hand that feeds. If that hand, you know, gives you everything, don't start believing the publicity, love, just because L'Oreal used you. It don't make you a clever person. It means that you have to be flavour of the month. But have you noticed? You've been kind of pushed to one side a little bit, sweet pea. They're using Tostos, Tostos daily, which is lovely. Sad news about Corey Monteith. I wasn't surprised. A druggie. He'd been into rehab. He'd come out of rehab. 31. It's like Gaza all over again. If, put it this way, if the headline was on tomorrow's paper, Gaza found dead in Bournemouth Hotel, you wouldn't be surprised. I wasn't surprised at Corey Monteith. It did make me go on and watch the cast from Glee, though, singing. Uh, because they also turned up on the X Factor. Except for the gay one, whose name I can't remember in Glee. Uh, he's got a very high-pitched voice. And he's... What's his blooming name? What is his name? Anyway, he was... I, I happened to go on to um, YouTube and type his name in. And he's, he's part of the Glee tour. I mean, he's very gay. He's very, very gay. But he does all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Is, is that the one put a ring on it? And he does this dance with these ladies and it brings the house down because it's so good. I can't remember what his name is, but he's, he's got a very, very high-pitched voice. He's singing a song from Wicked on YouTube. He's got some, some really good songs. Yeah, Kurt is the character. What's his name? Chris Colfer. Type in Chris Colfer, single ladies, on YouTube, and you'll love it. And the other thing you've got to watch, and this is the second time I've mentioned it, because I happen to be scooting through YouTube and coming up with things, and this is the homeless boy from Korea. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he comes on, and he's a little fat thing, and they've got the judges. I say little fat thing, you know, compared to most people, he's a little fat thing in Korea. And he talks about how he was put in an orphanage at the age of three. His life has been terrible. His life has been terrible, and he sings a song, I think, from the mission. And he's never had singing lessons. 
he uh, he used to sell chewing gum in in nightclubs, and he used to hear the people singing, and he wanted to sing as well. I mean, it's a real Paul Potts kind of story, and it comes up if you type homeless homeless boy. I think. Anyway, so successful is it? He's had ninety million hits, ninety million hits. I mean, around the world because he makes the judges cry. And I promise you, you'd be as hard as nails if you didn't want this boy who's had everything. He's been abused, he's had everything, and he comes off stage and the two blokes who are running the programme in Korea go, listen, everybody, you saw that audience tonight, they stood up for you, they love you. And by the end of it, when this programme is shown, there will be, how many people are the Korea? Millions of people will know who you are. 90 million hits on YouTube. Homeless boy. And he's, he sings his little song. And you could see the judges just... It's really sad. It's guaranteed... It's almost as bad as India's Got Talent for making you cry. India's Got Talent has got this, this dance group on, one of whom, the boy, is, is, uh, is severely disabled. But they come on there and they're people from the streets. They're street people. They don't have anything. They've got nothing. They've got no money. They've got nothing. And they do this dance, and it's beautifully put together. They've painted their bodies completely. One lot in white, one in red, one in blue, and they do... It's, it's just beautifully done. And the judges, one of the judges stands up, and, he, and it's not in English. He's just going, fantastic, fantastic. And he's crying, and everybody else... They're crying on the stage. I'm crying here. I can't see it through the tears. I've got my box of tissues out. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. I quite like that. It's like watching E.T., you can't help but sort of, you know, phone home, phone home, Elliot, phone home. And you go, yeah, yeah, go on, phone home, phone home. <laughs> you just get so excited about the whole thing. Uh, but that, all of that ties in not at all with, with Corey Monteith. Suspected drugs overdose. When they have it all and they chuck it all away for drugs, that's when you realise that some people cannot beat their demons. When you see Gaza in rehab and he comes out, yeah, photo opportunity with the attention-seeking Bianca and uh, the wife who just really won't go away and get a life. You know, she needs to do that. Go away, leave him, let his friends look after him. You're not married anymore. Stop trying to pretend you are. It's a little bit dreary. It's like, I mean, I did get... I felt slightly awful about it. And I remember saying to a friend of mine, I said, oh, I can't believe you said that. I was looking at the funeral of Lee Rigby and the wife getting all the coverage was, in fact, he ditched the wife ages ago. He had a girlfriend who was only pictured in one of the papers on Saturday. I thought, her grief. You know, the wife was doing all the interviews. I thought, he wasn't married to you anymore. He was with his girlfriend. She was the one who should have been getting the sympathy. I know he's got a little boy. I understand that. But I bet you anything, the wife was shocked when he went off with this other girl. You could tell because she was thinking, right, he's mine now. In death, he's mine. But I felt awful for thinking, why are there no pictures of the girlfriend here? She's the one who's really suffering. She's had him for a while, and now all of a sudden she doesn't have him. And I thought that was a bit bad. But then all the people I spoke to said, what, he'd, been, he'd left the wife? I said, yeah, he left the wife a while ago. He had a girlfriend who was, in the, who was in the army as well. There was a picture of him in one of the papers, but only in one of them. So that was a bit disappointing. Anyway, all of that uh, to one side. We've got a gadget competition for you this morning. Uh, our sympathies, of course, to the family of Corey Monteith, but it can't have come as any big surprise. You can, you can do nothing when, at 31, they decide that it's better to go down that route than anything else. They really haven't beaten their demons, and that's why you fear for so many people. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's 4.30. Biggest Conversation with Steve Allen. So Alan Wicker left us the other day. Alan Wicker left us. And I remember when he came in to LBC, uh, 2009. God, it doesn't seem possible, does it really? It really doesn't seem possible. But he came in. Anyway, so um, a friend of mine phoned me and said, Alan Wicker's died. 
And I said, oh, I said, I wonder if he was honest about his age. Because, you know, the papers had him at 87, 91. 91, Alan Wicker was. He was always very careful about his age. And uh, he didn't want people to know that he was that old. He was, he was fairly old when he came in to see me, as you can imagine. But he was, he was lovely. He was absolutely lovely. And uh, Paul in Manchester, but he said, I've beaten you to it. He's on the system, 11th of September 2009, because they lifted the interview and they played little clips out, I think, on uh, Julia's programme. It's almost becoming like, don't appear on In Conversation, because there's a chance you may die within a short space of time. And so, but anyway, I, I only mention this because it's worth downloading the interview. It's a, it's a good interview. If you, haven't, if you haven't heard it and you want to hear what the great Alan Wicker sounded like, he was, he was lovely. He was really lovely. He's got a place in, well, he had a place in town as well. I think died on the Isle of Man, came in with his, uh, with his young lady, and uh, we did the interview. So thank you, Paul, for that. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, strangely enough, I got a phone call from work saying, do you want to come on and talk about Alan Wicker? I said, well, not really. I mean, I'm not, I, could, I, would, I couldn't call myself an expert. Then blow me down. I put the phone down. Sky News phoned me. Oh, hi, Steve. Um, can we send a film crew down for you to talk about Alan Wicker? No. I said, I don't know him. I said, I knew him for In Conversation, but I don't think that's really... You know, enough to justify him. I mean, I thought, I mean, I, I get, strange if I dreamt about this last night. I, I have a relationship with all the people that I do an in conversation with. You have to, because that's how you get the best interview out of them. So the other day we had Bradley Walsh on and uh, I got a lot of texts and emails from people saying he was really, really good. And Richard Maidley was really good. It was so funny because I happened to be flipping around the dial and heard Richard Maidley on his radio programme. And he was doing Terry Hatcher yesterday for transmission in a few weeks' time. I'm doing Terry Hatcher today at, I think, nine o'clock this morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to that. And then I think I've got Denise Lewis as well. It's quite a, quite a, quite a busy day today, actually. And then I've got to get back and discover I've left the blooming tap on. But it doesn't make any difference. We're not, we're not uh, metered. Um, Paul says it was Carry On Sergeant, the first of the series with Williams... Uh, Doctor Who Hart with William Doctor Who Hartnell and Prince Edward was in the Marines. Thank you. He's still stuck to the sofa, poor soul. I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Uh, Diana, Terry, uh, Jill, myself, and Simon took a spur of the moment trip to Kew Gardens using our art passes. Lovely day. They had a picnic. Everybody's having picnics. And she says on the way out there was a massive queue going for half a mile down the road, all for Billy Bragg. Yes, they've got these. Um, uh, parties in Kew Gardens, Jackie. She says, I want to thank the group for making me a special early birthday day out. So she sent a picture of the of the Crumblies. There they are. Bless them, honestly. Look at that, honestly. Look at that. You're a good-looking group. And But actually, there was another group out the other day because Neil was out with the group as well and uh, they were picnicking the other day in Hyde Park. So he sent me a picture. He said, Lorraine and I met our Noreen at Knightsbridge Underground Station. It was only a short ten-minute walk to meet up near the Serpentine, unless you took my shortcut. Then it was an hour. Uh, not only were our feet aching, but thanks to Noreen and Lorraine, so are my ears. Mind you, how many people in the sweltering hot sun get to see the beautiful scenery of our capital's Hyde Park twice in a day? Anyway, wonderful afternoon in our reserved deck chairs. Thanks to little Julie and Lindsley. And we also shared the afternoon with our, and our fantastic picnic with Janet and Janice. Oh, and Janice's lovely dog, Lulu. We got the live sounds, because it was party in the park the other day. Lionel Richie, J-Lo, Eliza Doolittle. Perfect to share such a lovely afternoon with equally lovely people. He says, try and join us next time around. Well, I would, but you know what it's like with this heat. I, I'd be rather sitting in a pile of snow, snow 
than sitting in this weather. I'm absolute rubbish at it. Uh, and one here says, uh, visited Chelsfield Village Fate Saturday. Flying display is excellent. Thank you for the British Legion putting out bowls of water for the dogs and providing cool spray for hot babies and the elderly. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, that was the one that Duncan was talking about, wasn't it? This spray that his, his girl had. Um, Mark in Liverpool says, the day I realised Gaza had lost the plot was when the police siege was on uh, with Raoul Moat, uh, who shot the policeman, and then Gaza turned up with a meal for him. Yes, he turned up with a meal and a fishing rod, do you remember? Oh, dear Lord. Makes you worry, doesn't it, really? And um, a lot of people enjoyed Bradley on Incon and Richard Maidley. His son Jack says Noreen produced you at one time. Yes, I've, I've, strange enough, I've got the whole family's phone number in my book. I've got lots of celebrities. Lots of celebrities. Uh, there's also the story in the paper today of the feckless dad. You remember this one? This is this idiot. Uh, this is, uh, his name is Keith MacDonald. This is the man who has 11 children with 10 different women. He's appeared on the Jeremy Carl show. Frankly, he should have it chopped off, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, he goes round to one of his girlfriends. He's a pathetic waste of space. And um, he goes round to collect some sunglasses. She said, wait. He kicks and punches her in the face and smashes the fridge door into their three-year-old girl's head. Why these old dogs sleep with him in the first place, I've got no idea. I mean, that's, I mean, surely you'd know his track record. The man's an idiot. He's been on television as stupid as they come. These people should be just put out to pasture, I'm afraid. But anyway, grabbed her hair, kicked her in the face and punched her. This is a man who kicks it. I want to see all the women around there gang up on him and just go and pull him apart in the streets. Ridiculous. They then argued about owing money. Anyway, he admitted assault and was bailed for sentencing. To be honest with you, I mean, he's just sticking two fingers. Why don't we just throw him in prison and leave him there? He's, he's a, a complete waste of space. He serves no useful purpose to man nor beast. And, uh, and nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. It's as simple as that. The man's an idiot. Except the ten women who, who slept with him. How stupid are they? Uh, 84850. Richard says, you need the windows shut for the aircon to work better. No, not in the first thing in the morning. It takes me ages. I sit there. I, I want to get into a car that's ice cold. I get into my car, it's ice cold. The aircon on straight away. Uh, I seem to be living on salads, says CJ, during the warm weather. Why do people eat salads in the warm... What is this? Why do people eat... People go, oh, it's a refreshing thing to have, isn't it, the warm weather? It was like yesterday, I sat down, before I'd even got myself together, I drank three bottles of cold water. Three bottles of ice-cold water. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I keep reminding myself, it's really, really good. Um, I really enjoyed the in-conversation with Richard Madeley on Sunday. His book sounds really good. I did wonder, was it awkward for you, as you tend to talk about his daughter, Chloe? No, I just didn't mention his daughter at all. She didn't come into the into the equation. And, uh, yes, why's Chloe in inverted commas? We can't work that one out. But, uh, no, no, we didn't talk about her because she, does, she hasn't written a book. She hasn't done anything of any interest whatsoever. And Richard was quite personal. If, you know, if it had been to do with Richard and Judy, then I'd have talked about Richard and Judy. But uh, I've had no interest in Chloe whatsoever. Just another one who, and I don't think he's, I mean, he, he's taken her out to things. I mean, I'm just, just not really interested in her. There'd be no point in having somebody in to talk about their daughter. She, she wasn't the object of the conversation. The, the conversation... Was, uh, was about his book, which is very good. Very, very good. Uh, 84850. Neil says, the weather is extreme at the moment, and to do training for any of the branches of the services, which is hard under normal concerns, circumstances, must have been absolute hell. Well, I mean, I couldn't function with hardly wearing any clothes. You imagine going out there in full combat gear, thick, heavy boots on, 2,900 feet above sea level. Just breathing must have been a problem, I should imagine. And they take them out there to try and... You know, toughen them up a bit. Uh, 42 people are dead. It was, it was that bad. 
The heat was that bad. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Uh, no, you can't buy banana ice lollies. I'm afraid. Well, you can you can only get them round our way. I don't know where they come from. Actually, I think our our ice cream man gets them from I don't know a wholesale or something like that. They're like banana milk ice lollies. You could probably make them yourself, couldn't you? Really, I would think most most people can make ice lollies. Uh, hope the weekend weather says Jenny didn't melt you. I'm still singing that song by Stoosh. I'm still singing it. My man can or my man... Whatever it is, it's really... Ca- it's the summer hit. It's the summer hit. I'm quite disappointed to discover it's not on the uh, not on the playlist of some of the radio stations because I love it. I can't get away from it. I've even got Paul singing it in his lorry and everything, which is, uh, which is good news as far as I'm concerned. I can't sing it to you. It's reggae. You have to listen to it. Look left, look right. Put your head down. It's it's reggae. It it reminds me of whoa, we're going to Barbados. It was it's that kind of. If you're in the heat, God knows we're going to suffer. If you if you you're probably lying on top of your bed at the moment, going it's 29 degrees. It's about 150 in the bedroom. You know, if you haven't got any breeze going and you don't have a fan, and and it's not just young people. Elderly people feel it quite badly. Elderly f- people. Uh, feel the heat really badly, and yet still seem to go out there. Uh, Denise Welsh got married. Oh, thank God for that. Another one off the shelf. And um, she treated her... Get, she she had drag queens flown to Portugal. Carol McGiffin. Sorry, no, she's not a drag queen. Andrea McLean and uh, Kate Thornton. And she gave them free champagne and cocktails. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She got paid £50,000 by Hello! magazine to stage a naff so-called celebrity wedding. Carol McGiffin would go anywhere for a drink. You only have to open a fridge near Carol McGiffin. They're like an exocet. In, drink, Carol, table, under. Thank you. I rest my case. I did like, what was the line from Frankie Boyle after uh, Murray won? He said that's the first time that somebody's actually won on court without bribing a witness. So thought it was quite a good line, actually. Very funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, they had lots of uh, photos. And what they do for OK for Hello! magazine is they, f- they fly out celebrities, half of which prob- probably, probably didn't even know Denise uh, Welsh. Uh, she only wanted uh, orange juice and water at the reception, but they wanted to make sure everybody had a great time, because otherwise it would have been the most boring wedding under the sun. Old bag gets married to sort of young nobody, I'm afraid. And... Um, Lincoln and I shared the most magical wedding in the world. And he said, I'm married to the woman of my dreams, which only goes to prove what nightmares he must have been having recently. Oh, here's Denise Welsh. Pick her up from the gutter. Oh, here you are, love. There you go. You're a big celebrity. Talisa still, uh, still trowling on the makeup and going, well, I suppose when you don't have a job, so you've got to do something, haven't you? And so she's on, uh, on holiday at the moment. Uh, little Joey Essex had a bit of a, an argument with Arge, but then Joey Essex is just a bit of a plank anyway, isn't he? I mean, the man looked like a complete bozo. Do you think he's? Do you think he's really got the mental age of a five-year-old or something? He's like, it's like, oh, I'm going to dress up in the dressing-up cupboard kind of thing. Poor soul. I think he knows what women are. Judging by the picture here, probably not. But anyway, I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful, and he probably had a couple of drinks. Um, um, this story here. This is an amazing story. This is an amazing story. This of a couple, Lawrence Graham and his wife Susan. Uh, they're uh, they're fraudsters. You won't believe what they did. You will not believe what they did. Um, they um, <laughs> they were running a guest house. They were managers of a guest house. But they decided, Lawrence Graham and his thieving wife Susan, to set up their own guest house. So they stole the contents of the one they were working in. They took 18 bedside cabinets, soft furnishings, TVs, computers, uh, crockery, lamps, everything, and set up their own B&B 40 miles away. But, of course, uh, you know... 
little bit stupid, uh, Lawrence Grant, 51, but thick as a brick, and his wife Susan, thick as a brick, I'm afraid. And so uh, they've been given suspended sentences. I'd have had them in prison so fast. They have got um, convictions for theft and deception, and we're still not putting them in prison. Are we dumb in this country? I think we really must be. They're confidence, trickster, confidence tricksters. They use false CVs. But uh, next time round, boys and girls, in prison. In prison. Uh, David Beckham. Oh, I suddenly realised David Beckham is just rent a Beckham, isn't he, now? You just pay him enough money, he'll turn up and do anything. And, and underpants, yeah. It is the Beckham interview now. I mean, how much do they pay for it? There's an advert running on Sky, I think, where they've got five images of David Beckham. Like, anybody cares? Like, anybody cares? It's rent a Beckham. You know, you, you know, you pay him enough money. You can have him come around to your party. If you've got enough money, he'll turn up. So, can we pay you £100,000, David? Um, yeah, you get five minutes for that. That's all right. That'll do fine. Just turn up for 100000 quid. Duncan Ballantyne's being interviewed in the paper today on his heart scare, divorce. He's £122 million in debt, and that's called success, is it? Losing his mother and uh, Hilary... Is it Devi who turned up on the programme? He said, I don't miss Hilary at all. He says, I think she'd have been let go if she hadn't left... He said she was late on set. She was just useless. Hardly ever there. Oh, I agree. A rather peculiar looking. She does wear a wig, doesn't she? It said. I don't think anybody's got hair like that. I could have. I could. But it could be grown on the back of a yak, I suppose. Fourteen to five. This is with Steve Allen. Morning. It's Monday morning. I know you really don't want to go to work today. It's going to be twenty-nine degrees. And if you look out the window at the moment, it's OK. This is the ideal temperature. This is the ideal time. Ten to five in the morning, without having to worry about it. It's awful, isn't it? Because it's only going to get worse later on. So just when it hits the tops, I'm inside. Thank you. Anyway, time for the LBC Gadget giveaway. Before I tell you the story of John Humble. John Humble. And John Humble featured a lot on LBC. He featured a lot on LBC. Why did he feature? I'll tell you, there'll be a few of you going, oh, yes, I remember that name. I remember that name. Anyway, on Friday, uh, Innie Casey from Islington correctly identified that Tony Robinson played Baldrick in Blackadder and got a fabulous Google tablet. Eenie Casey, today I'm giving away an HP Slate tablet during the show. It's the new Android tablet from HP. It's got a 7-inch screen, uh, 8 gigabytes of memory, as well as a USB port. You can upload and download content quickly and easily, and you could get your hands on it by 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener will actually get the HP Slate 7 today just by answering this question correctly. Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne? Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850. So you can just put a number down. Don't have to write anything sort of too complicated. And uh, this is everything. Speedy performance, direct access to apps, music, videos, built-in Beats audio for sound that is bound to move you. Amazing Android. Really nice. This is uh, the HP Slate 7. Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 848 8-4-8-5-0 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Lovely. Very nice indeed. So good luck for that one for today. It's a goodie, actually. It's a, it's a goodie just to sort of make it nice and easy. 
84850stevenlbc.co.uk. So who was John Humble? John Humble featured on LBC. I'll tell you who he is. He was the lag who made the, the tape, the infamous Jack the Ripper tape. When we were looking for Peter Sutcliffe and the police were cocking it up left, right and centre and had missed him on so many opportunities, along came John Humble. He was 23 and he made a tape purporting to be the Yorkshire Ripper. It was posted to the head of the Ripper team, that was uh, George Oldfield, and it had sent him down a blind alley. The police were convinced that this tape was genuine. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, it went along the lines of, uh, hello, I'm Jack. I've already killed one. And it, it went to, anyway, we played it on LBC on the half hour every hour. Because, and it was played all over the place because people believed and it was chilling. I can remember news reading on LBC at the time and we used to play this into programmes because people believed and the police believed. They interviewed 40,000 suspects. There was a million pound publicity campaign to try and find this, uh, this man. He, he, sent, he sent Ripper letters. He's a rather stupid, pathetic waste of space, I'm afraid. And uh, he uh, was jailed for eight years for perverting the course of justice. Now out of prison... And back on his, uh, his native Weir side, he's a labourer. He told how his twisted pretense all started as a prank, a bit of fun. He's a rather stupid, as I say, I mean, limited intelligence. It's, uh, it is his problem. He's admitted to relatives, I was young, daft, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And he used a rickety old tape deck, and he sent it uh, off. And uh, it ended with a 22-second clip of Andrew Gold's Thank You For Being A Friend. And um, he said uh, he even rang the police... And said it was a sham, but then it was it was a little bit too late. Anyway, he, he turned to drink, tried to take his own life, but he was a failure in that as well. He tried to hang himself, that didn't work. He slashed his wrist, but didn't go deep enough. Then he threw himself off a bridge and survived. Anyway, this two-minute two recording mesmerised the, the nation. The police chief was totally convinced it was, it was genuine. And in fact, they even interviewed Peter Sutcliffe. He was arrested and then released. They had no idea that Peter Sutcliffe was the Yorkshire Ripper. The police were so incompetent. It was only when they picked him up one time. And uh, on the journey back to the police station, Peter Sutcliffe, sitting in the back of the car, said, I need to go to the toilet. What they didn't realise was that he had the hammer that he'd just murdered a prostitute with, with him. And he had to get rid of it. So he goes off, goes behind this building. And it wasn't until they got back to the police station, they suddenly thought, wait a minute. What did he go to the toilet for? So they went back there. And they found the hammer. They go back to the station and Peter Sutcliffe says, I expect you're going to ask me, am I the Yorkshire Ripper? Well, I am. And it was at that moment the police... He'd already been arrested before. They were so incompetent. So incompetent. But uh, it was, in fact, John Humble who just put the cat among the pigeons and wasted police time. He's been out uh, for a number of times... And uh, his sister revealed the family had also paid a heavy price. She said, we had windows smashed and were abused in the street. Even after he'd got out of prison, he was beaten up three times. She said, he's moved on with his life. We all have, but nobody will forget what he did. No, they certainly weren't, man. He was a complete idiot. Complete stupid person. Wasted everybody's time. Wasted everybody's time. Uh, is a picture of the Rolling Stones, or the Strolling Bones, as they're called now. My God, they were looking old on stage. Poor old Keith Richards looks like he's embalmed. You have to laugh, don't you, when you look at them, but they're still going, which is good. Then there's a, a war widow, which we'll come round to later on this morning, who, uh, whose husband has written a book about him uh, being brave during the war, and historians have said, this is rubbish, this is made up, and she's retaliated. How dare you say this is all true? All true. He, she says, in, in, in this book, 
he actually talks about the fact that he had uh, uh, confronted SS beast Heinrich Himmler and he uh, got in and out of prison camps and the experts are saying, this is rubbish. This is absolute rubbish. They're thinking of making it into a film, but sometimes they have been proven in the past, have they not, that some people just make that. We've had people marching to the Cenotaph who have turned out to be fraudulent. Turned out to be fraudulent. Uh, very quickly, some more of the uh, more of things, yes. And um, Duncan Bannatyne is a miserable old bore. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Mind you, I do, I, I do quite admire the fact that somebody can go £122 million in debt and still be classed as a, as a success. Uh, Mark says, preparing salads for dinner during summer is just a feckless excuse for being bone idle. Oh, I agree, it's lazy. Totally lazy. Sa- what should we- let's have a salad. No, let's not have a salad. Then there was the J.K. Rowling story, which was very good. This is her debut crime novel. Although people were asking, how did an unknown author get on a major, major publisher's list like that? And this is The Cuckoo's Calling, under the name Robert Galbraith. She's very clever, isn't she? I mean, she, you know, you can't, can't begrudge her any money at all. Kelly Osborne has got engaged. Oh, just hurry up and get on with it, you old bag. Nobody cares about you anymore. And uh, she's got engaged with a ring, like one of rock star dad's Aussie's earrings. Slightly gay, do you not think? A man wearing an earring, ladies and gentlemen. I love the idea that men wear earrings, and this is considered butch, is it? Oh, blimey. Drop pearl earrings. I don't know. And so Kelly Osborne's got married. They were deeply in love. Who cares? Nobody cares about your fat birth. Nobody cares. Fat, thin, funny coloured hair, no talent. OK, end of that. She says she does say in her interview with Hello Magazine, because she's got to get money from somewhere, uh, that, in fact, there was no chance of Sharon ever divorcing Aussie. She said it's just, you know, he started drinking again and they have arguments like anybody else. She said, I'll, I'll come back to you when you've stopped drinking. Seems, seems fair enough. She moved out, I know. But it seems fair enough. I mean, that, that's quite normal, isn't it? Um... Gaza backs our campaign. Don't buy me booze. I just want love. I told you he was lonely. I told you he was uh, lonely. He can't help it. He's just, he's one of life's little losers. And as I said to you before, and everybody's now picked up on it. And in fact, who was it who picked up on it the other day? I did an interview with somebody. Oh, I'll tell you who it was. It was Les McEwen from the Bay City Rollers, who was also an alcoholic. And he's, he's not been on the drink. He said, to be honest with you, I don't even like the taste of it now. Unfortunately, Gaza still likes the taste of it. And you've got, if you're not bored, if you're busy then you don't have time to drink. But unfortunately, Gazza's got no job. He hasn't played football in donkey's years. He probably couldn't kick a ball at all now. I should imagine he's dreadfully un- unfit. Not going to actually make anything at all, is he, of himself? I don't know why. It's just, it's just that he doesn't seem to have friends. In fact, they had to bring Jimmy Five Bellies back from holiday to say, you know, can somebody look after him? Because he quite clearly can't look after himself. They say he's a legend. There's nothing legendary about about an old drunk and an old soak, is there? What's legendary about that? The legendary thing would be, he says, oh, I've been off the booze for four days. Brilliant. Come back to me in four years' time and tell me that you're still off it. And then we'll we'll put the flags up and we'll cheer and we'll clap and we'll, we'll do everything else. I've got some lovely stories for the free podcast for today, including one about the supermarket that proudly tells you how much they know about their products. Turns out they don't know diddly squat, and we'll be naming and shaming. Uh, more on the... Uh, I was delighted, actually. I think this year, four people were trampled uh, by the bulls in Pamplona. I was so happy. I was so happy. I've often said, if you release animals and they're spooked by members of the public who poke them and prod them and everything else, that time the bulls got their own back. Give them 12-bore shotguns. Let's see how they're, well they do on that one. I think at one point, some bull fell in the harbour. Because it, they were so traumatised. In one place, they set fire to... But they're really balmy mad in Spain. They set fire to the bull's antlers. They pushed donkeys off church roofs, all in the... Go- We've always done it like that. 
and they kill bulls in the bullring for no reason apart from it's a bit of sport, a bit of fun. I always think, as I say, just arm the bulls with 12-bore shotguns and let them just sort of let loose in a stadium. So in Pamplona, when sort of four people get gored, good, good, shouldn't have gone there in the first place, should you? Teach it. Honestly, how on earth they, they just pick on defenceless animals? I've got no idea. So every time somebody's hurt, this is an Aussie. Stupid woman. 23 years old. Thick as a brick, quite clearly. Well, let's go running with the bulls. Hello, what is it about, you know, thousands of pounds worth of meat hurtling towards you with sharp horns on it and you get gored by it? Good. Good. I couldn't be happier. That's one to the bulls and absolutely nothing to thick Australians. News coming up at five. It's LBC 97.3. I'm going to be very caring and sharing this morning. Not for about another hour and a half, anyway. Nation with Steve Allen. Morning. Korea's Got Talent was the uh, programme which has got the homeless boy. Mike watched it. Probably take it to 90 million and one. It makes you cry. It makes you cry. It really does because he's so humble and he just doesn't know... You know, he's just going on a television... Pro- I know it's beautifully put together. I mean, it's very, very clever. Very, very clever indeed. Uh, 84850. Um, see, if you mentioned Alan Wickham, but didn't mention you talked about the good old days. He said, nothing wrong with fibbing around your age. What's that? He's outraged. You wouldn't find me doing anything like that. Ridiculous, honestly. Alan Wicker, the, uh, the papers have picked up on as well. That, in fact, far from being 87, he was more 91. But uh, best, best to keep things like that quiet. Um, Gary has uh, finished his, his weekend. Bless his heart of doing his little, uh, his little marathon and everything else. He said he did the half Ironman on Sunday. And uh, this is just under six hours. He was happy. I was happy with that, he says, considering the heat, which really added to the challenge. The cold, non-alcoholic beer at the finish was very nice, although I just wanted to lay down in the shade and sleep. Do you know, I, I found myself doing that yesterday. I was so tired. I got back. I, the heat drains you. It absolutely drains you. And so I, I just sat down in front of the television. And they said, out for the count. He said, I spent the rest of the day and evening trying to cool down as I felt like I was cooking from the inside out. Even with my industrial floor fan, I struggled to cool down. I did intend to have my first alcoholic drink in, drink in seven months, but felt it wouldn't be a wise move. He said, I'm going to relax at the pool with a good book. Well done. You did very well on that. Very well indeed. Very, very impressed. Very nice. It's always, it's always good fun, actually, isn't it, when you manage to get these things done and then you suddenly realise, you know, it was worth it. I mean, I can't do stuff like that. I get exhausted watching people in Regent's Park on a Sunday morning running round there. It's not me at all. Uh, they're going to be talking about the M25, and uh, Andy will no doubt bring us up to date on that. Uh, close between junctions 23 and 25. And uh, they're going to talk to Peter Rogers, who's an examiner at the Institute of Advanced Motorists. And he hasn't heard of this happening on a motorway before. Frost damage can be a problem, and similarly, hot periods of sunshine can, because I've heard of roads, you know, where the, where the tarmac goes a little bit, a little bit tacky. One woman was trapped for five hours on the motor. Well, that must have driven people mad. Because I've said before, and I don't want to have to tell you again, but if you're going on a car journey, uh, my advice is make sure that all the water is topped up. Make sure you've got some water with you. I mean, even if you've got... I mean, if you can afford to do it, well, then fine. If you can't afford to do it, it doesn't matter, but put some water in the boot. You can always get a plastic bottle and fill it up from the tap. But some people are lucky. They've got these water... Uh, these sort of ice boxes. And you can go and buy some ice, 
keep it in bags and put the water in there that keeps it chilled. So if you're on a long journey, so if you get stuck on a motorway for five hours, at least you've got some water with you. Because if you're a, a diabetic, you need, you'll need to have your medicine with you and all sorts of things because the heat can affect us very badly. So you must almost make sure that you've got water. I carry water everywhere. He says, shaking the water as if to emphasise the fact that you must have it with you at all times. So if you're going on a journey or if you've got pets in the car or you've got, you know, animals, make sure that they're, they're provided for. Make sure that the window opens. Make sure that they can, uh, they can actually get some air and you've got water with you. It costs nothing to actually keep water in the car, does it? So uh, just heed the advice. Heed the advice. Uh, what else have we got in the papers for this morning, apart from the roads? There's some poor kid here. His name's Sam Preston. Sam Preston is 13. He's got a big problem. When I say a big problem, he has. At the age of 13, his feet are size 18. Eight? I didn't even know 18 existed. He's rugby mad. He's six foot five inches tall at 13. You look at him and you go, you cannot be 13. Anyway, at the moment, the, the record of size feet is Carl Griffiths, who comes from South Wales, and he's got size 21. Size 21 feet. So this kid, at the, uh, at the age of 13, has got size 18. He says, Mum's always having to buy me new shoes and get them shipped from America. She's still stunned by how fast they grow. He's <laughs> still got five more years of growing. You can only imagine it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, isn't it? Imagine if feet that size... That really is the old plates of meat. The old plates of meat. Uh, Abby Titmus, um, obviously flogging some dreary story here. I don't know why, actually, because she, she said, if I could meet John Leslie in that bar again, I'd turn my back and walk out. Yes, but of course, actually, darling, it's a bit pointless, that, because you only made your name through being with John Leslie. That's the only reason you made your name. Nobody would have cared about you up until that point. We trained you as a nurse, and then you jacked it in because you thought you wanted to be a celebrity. And... Uh, She's, you know, it's, it's Abby Titmus. I mean, that's what could he say about her? She made a porno film. And, um, and the rest, as they say, is history, I'm afraid. Uh, Denise Welsh uh, stunned guests on her big day by outing a celebrity pal as a recovering drug addict. And uh, who cares? And poor little Joey Fahirs. Not Joey Fahirs, isn't it? It's Joey Essex. Joey Fahirs. <laughs> poor old Sam. Hair scrape back, Croydon facelift, you know, piggy eyes, loads of makeup, bad clothing. Um, don't look, darling, because uh, boutique owner Sam. Pfft, yeah, right. <laughs> Have you seen it? Have you ever seen any customers in there? I've never seen anybody either. And judging by some of the weird clothes they sell, I should imagine. And then the, the laugh the other day, I've saved it for the free podcast. Mark Wright has launched a range of clothing. He said, I know how, how to dress people. I thought, I thought. Yeah, but I've looked at these clothes, they're naff. They're being sold through Littlewoods. I'm thinking, do me a favour. So you shop at Littlewoods. God blimey. Things must be a bit thin on the ground if you're shopping at Littlewoods, mate. I don't know anybody who's into the fashion world who goes, do you know, I must go and get some new fashionable clothes. I'll go to Littlewoods. I don't know anybody who works like that at all. Joey Essex, uh, Duncan Bannertime. I don't miss Hilary. Hilary Devy, she was never on set, always late. Well, she was just an attention seeker, wasn't she? And that's it. And uh, what were they doing the other day? I think they were doing Doctor Who. It was a special uh, BBC proms. And lots of people turn up to watch a lot of people in plastic suits pretending to be Cybermen or Swamp Creatures or something like that. It's obviously incredibly popular, but I haven't seen Doctor Who for years, so I couldn't care less about it. I couldn't care less whether the Doctor blows himself up. 
I'm really not remotely interested in stuff like that at all. Frankie Kokoza apparently made a lot of money last year. His company accounts say, well, 162,000 he turned over. Um... 121,000 profit. All he did was cut his hair. He's a naffo, isn't he, really? But strange enough, poor little, um, poor little mix only made £116,000 each. Now, by the time you've taken off 40% for tax, they're not doing very well at all, are they? But, uh, and the management fees and all the rest of it and expenses. That's not very good. It shows you how little all these people make. Shows you how little all these people make. They, they sort of, they go out there, oh, we're pop stars. No, you're not. No, you're not. Just a very, very unattractive group. Um, so the heat wave, people on beaches, all the papers today are full of pictures of people sitting on beaches. I mean, to be honest with you, the picture could have been taken like 10 years ago. Wouldn't have made any difference. It's just a picture of people sitting on a beach, people jumping into the water, people doing all sorts of exciting things because it's hot weather and because we don't function very well. And lots of you will be telling fibbies this morning. You'll be phoning up your, your bosses and going... I can't make it. I've got a bit of a cold coming on. So uh, I'll try and make it back in tomorrow. <laughs> Another 29 degrees tomorrow. Can't make it. I'm really not well. Not well. Some people are lucky. The moment they make them staff, it's the moment people start going sick. If you're freelance, you never go sick. You'll notice that. That's why you hardly ever, hardly ever hear radio presenters going sick. They can't afford to. Don't work. Don't get paid. Uh, the LBC Gadget giveaway, if you've just woken up. And today I'm offering you an HP Slate 7. It's got a 7-inch screen. It does everything. It's got a USB port, which is very useful. Very useful. Uh, Eni Casey from Islington got uh, Friday's prize, which was the Google tablet. Now it's the HP Slate tablet today. It's got the 7-inch screen, 8 gigabytes of memory, USB port. You can download quickly and easily. Take it everywhere. Kids will love it. Kids will love it. Go big time for this one. All you need to do is the answer to this question. Where will the royal baby be in line of succession to the British throne? Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne? To enter this competition, you text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may be charged. We play across the LBC network the full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. So you're playing today for the HP Slate 7 tablet. Very nice indeed. That could be something to sort of cheer you up in this hot weather, couldn't it? Seeing as we're all suffering in exactly the same way. If you, uh, if you win this, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. Mark in Hemel says, I thought my feet were big. I got my first pair of size 14s at 15. Jazz says, I've had enough of the sun, roll on the winter in the snow. Well, you've got another week at least, because it's St Swithin's Day. And I think they say, I thought it was to do, to do if it rains on St Swithin's Day. Doesn't it? I thought it was, get up St Swithin's Day on the thing. I'm pretty sure, I've got something in my mind about St Swithin's Day and rain. Although, jokingly, of course, we've got no rain at all. And uh, we're gonna, you watch, it'll be host pipe ban in. If it rains on St Swithin's Day, it will rain for 40 days afterwards. What does it say about the sunshine, though? Is there something to do with sunshine on St Swithin's Day? They are. The, 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 the well-known rhyme, this is from Elizabethan times, St Swithin's Day, if thou dost rain, for forty days it will remain. St Swithin's Day, if thou be fair, for forty days twill rain nay mare, which is no more, because I speak Elizabethan. And, and thou is you, and dost, dost is, is, does. So he was the Saxon Bishop of Winchester... Born in the Kingdom of Wessex, very famous for charitable gifts, so like an early Simon Cowell. Something like that, they didn't have a competition. And 
A legend says that as the bishop lay on his deathbed, he asked to be buried out of doors where he'd be trodden on and rained on. For nine years, his wishes were followed, but then the monks of Winchester attempted to remove his remains to a splendid shrine. According to legend, there was a heavy rainstorm during the ceremony either or, or its anniversary, and that led to the old wives' tale, the old folklore, that if it rains on St Swithin's Day, it'll rain for the next 40 days in succession, and a fine 15th of July will be followed by 40 days of fine weather. Yes, I didn't think it was to do with sunshine. It's, it's mainly to do with either fine weather or rain. And uh, St Swithin knew all about that. So, unfortunately, there is no rain. It's 29 degrees. It's all a little bit depressing for people who don't like the heat. For those of you who love it, welcome to your day. Quarter past five. News headlines this morning with Tim John. Good morning, Steve. The 11.3. Morning, everybody. Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. As the M25 buckling leaves the road in chaos... Nick will be asking, why aren't the roads heat-proof? Plus, as shocking statistics reveal, more soldiers died from committing suicide than on the battlefield last year. Nick will be finding out why we're not taking better care of our troops. Daisy McAndrew, political journalist and broadcaster, will be live in the studio looking at the papers this morning. And again, it's another... 16-year-old girl, this time off with a waiter who's already been in prison. He's, uh, he's a violent person. He has a criminal record. Uh, her mother says, oh, I don't, you know, I fear for her. I don't know what's going on. It's terrible. She's got no money, no makeup, and I'm frightened for her safety. The more I talk to people, the more dreadful things I hear about this waiter. He spent time in jail. Uh, he's from a, a village close to the border town of Adana, more than 400 miles from the popular resort. I mean, quite clear, the man's stupid going off with a girl of this age, and quite clearly she shouldn't be anywhere near him. But uh, so what they, they tried to do, they had been due to return home last Thursday after a two-week holiday. This is mum and daughter. Uh, but hours before the flight, Faye was seen climbing to a green car with this man who's known as Etani. So she took the registration number, tried to follow... And uh, unfortunately, they've decided to do their own thing. And you can't help feeling it's a 16 year old. She's having one of her holiday flings, holiday romances. We've heard them before. You probably had one of these yourself. You think you know everything. She's quite clearly quite headstrong, judging by the, uh, the look of her. She looks like she's prepared to defy her mother, which she is prepared to do. The rest of us wouldn't. I think it depends whether you're brought up properly. You know, if your parents say, you know, right, we're going on the flight. You don't then go, well, I'm going to get in a car with a strange person and go off there. He's got a violent track record. He's not a very pleasant person. He's barred from, from various bars. Uh, she says, I want Faye to know she's not in any trouble. Well, she blooming well is. Why would you say that to her? Oh, sorry, well, that's OK then. So you're not in any... Tr- you know what they're doing? They're doing this reverse psychology. You're not in any trouble. Come home. She doesn't want to come home. She's going to go, well, if I'm not in any trouble, I'm staying out here because I love him. And that's what it'll be like. She said, I don't think the police in Turkey are doing enough to find her daughter. You just said she's not in any trouble. What are you worried about? She's with a waiter. She's 16 years old. She quite clearly is, you know, knows what she's doing. Otherwise, she wouldn't have defied you. Quite clear. They don't have one of those sort of relationships. She said she told how she reluctantly allowed her daughter to see him, but insisted they were never alone together. Oh, do me a favour, for God's sake. It's a 16-year-old girl. Hate to tell you this, but I have a horrible feeling they might be doing other things you might not be too, too pleased with. Parents are so naive, aren't they, when it comes to it? I remember talking to a woman once, I've said this before, that, uh, and I said, do you know where your daughter is all the time? Yes. I said, I bet you don't. She said, yes, I do. I said, no. Then I trust my daughter. Well, you might trust her, but I promise you. It's like we were, we were talking the other day, at, at what age do young people start having relations? And the answer is probably a lot earlier than we imagine. Frightens the life out of me. Uh, Charles Sarchi. 
is going to negotiate his own divorce uh, in a battle to keep his art collection intact. I don't really know why um, there should be any money involved in this. So they actually get divorced, the marriage is broken down. Why should, why should there be any money? You know, we don't know what went on in the marriage. I shouldn't imagine. She's quite independent. She's got her own fortune. She doesn't need any of his money. And uh, it's not like he went off and had a fling with somebody. They had an argument in a restaurant. He's seen with his arms around her, her neck. Why is that grounds for giving her money? I didn't, I didn't actually see there was any money to be, to be gained on either side here. He has an art collection. I'm sure they must have done some sort of prenup at some point. And he's also... I mean, they say he's got 130 million pound fortune, a 200 million pound art collection. He's not doing too bad. I shouldn't imagine she wants any of it. She's a very independent person. It's just, uh, it's just a shame, um, you know, she's like that. Nigella hopes their assets can be divided without a fight, but she's enlisted Lady Shackleton, who advised the Prince of Wales on his divorce. This is the one who famously had a jug of water thrown over by Heather Mills. Ugh, ghastly Heather Mills. Didn't even know she was still around, actually. Uh, salad days and the perfect picnic. Don't need to tell my, uh, my listeners about the perfect picnic because everybody seems to manage it uh, very well indeed. Actually, I'm talking to Terry Hatcher today and Denise Lewis. Look at that. An Olympian and a Hollywood movie star all in the same day. In fact, by 10, by 10 o'clock this morning, we should be finished. Denise is starting at the crack of dawn. Poor soul. She'll be up now going, what time is it? Oh, Lord, it's way too early. Way too early. But, of course, not for... Uh, not for many of us, because we like working. Because it's, I love working when it's like this. And you watch the day start in London. You know, it, it, is, it, is, it is a bit feed the birds tuppence a bag around here. Because you watch the people sweeping up all the rubbish from the night before. And it's amazing. you want to look at the rubbish in the papers today. The rubbish that is pictured on Brighton Beach. People who've stayed all night on the beach. It's supposed to be quite therapeutic, mustn't it? To actually lie there listening to the... I, I tend to find that waves are as therapeutic for getting to sleep, and none of it... Well, you shouldn't have any trouble getting to sleep in this weather if you've got a fan in the bedroom, which keeps you nice and cool. Over in France, I don't know how well Bryn and Annie are coping in this heat, because if we've got 29 degrees over here, and, by golly, it was hot yesterday. I bought this spray for um, for sort of helping not burn to pieces, because I'm fair-skinned, and so it's very likely that I will burn. And I'm spraying the back of my neck. How funny. Just because that's the, that's the bit you don't think about. You just think, oh, the back of your neck. Oh no, I'll spray the back of my neck. I don't want to sort of unfortunately burn to pieces. I've decided. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. Uh, listen to your in conversation, says Yvonne, with Bradley Walsh. Fascinating man. I really enjoyed listening to him. The half hour was too short. He could have done the whole hour. And to be honest, Steve, he didn't get a look in. I know. I said that afterwards. I said it's what, two people on in conversation this week. Both Bradley Walsh and Richard Maidley, and both of them I barely got a look in with, mainly because Richard's used to talking, and Bradley just loves it. Even though he did say to me, he said, if you just want me to come in for a cup of tea, I'll come in for a cup of tea. He just likes to sit down and have a chat. And it was good. They were both very, very good. So I hope that you've all downloaded them. You don't want them to fall off the end of the system, do you? Weather for today from Holly. Fine and dry. Good deal of sunshine feeling hot. Currently 19 degrees. Oh, my God, Lord. You get so spoilt, don't you, with air conditioning. It's going to climb to 29 degrees. Dry and warm overnight. Minimum temperature, 20 degrees overnight. Tuesday, some cloud, but staying very warm with highs of 31 degrees. And on Wednesday to Friday, dry, good spells of sunshine, variable cloud and isolated showers possible on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, very warm. Oh, no. Just hate it when it says very warm. Oh, by the way, if you're feeling a little bit, pfft, a little bit uh, down, a little bit depressed, you know what's therapeutic for you? Gardening. 
gardening, apparently, is really good. At the moment, I mean, I, I do see people out there, elderly people, tending to their, their flower beds and watering and doing the edges and, and doing nice things. It's very therapeutic. It's very relaxing. Just deadheading, I find quite nice. Although, but I've decided next year, much as I adore fuchsias, I'm going to vary it next year with the fuchsias. Because once they start dropping, and because I've got 13 baskets bursting, as you know, because I, I twittered some pictures the other day, bursting with fuchsias. I mean, they really are. They, they, they drop about two or three heads every so often. So I'm forever bending down. It's probably good exercise, actually. I'm forever bending down to pick up these blasted heads of these fuchsias. So I've got a plastic bag. I just chuck them all in there now. And that's my, uh, that's my exercise for the day, which is lovely. More in the papers today about uh, poor old Corey Monteith. His uh, girlfriend, uh, Leah Michelle, his Glee co-star. Obviously, his demons got to him. His drug addiction was so great, I think he ended up uh, taking drugs by himself. He had had other people in the room earlier on. Then they went out, then he came back by himself, and then he was dead within a short space of time. So we don't know what he'd taken. And uh, it was, I mean, whatever it was, it's a terrible waste at 31, isn't it? Like Paul, Paul Gascoigne, you, you watch people drinking themselves to death. And no matter how many times they go in the papers and have the pictures done, all he wants is somebody to love him. And at the moment, all he gets is people wanting to milk him for publicity. And that's why it's, uh, it's a great shame. Poor old Gazza. He said, oh, I'm, I'm going to go back off the boot. Yeah, I've heard it before. Come back to me in four years, as I said earlier. And then we'll wait and see whether or not, you know, things work out for you. But you've got to want to stop. You've got to want to stop. Uh, apparently, bed and breakfast, where you buy your own beer and eat out at night, can be better value than all-inclusive breaks. A seven-night bed and breakfast trip to the Portuguese Algarve, for example, could be £648 cheaper per couple than an Algarve all-inclusive break where food and drink are thrown in. Bed and breakfast trips to Cyprus and to the Costa Blanca are better value than all-inclusives, but those visiting Spain's Costa del Sol, Mallorca or Corfu would be better off opting for all-inclusive breaks rather than B&B. This is uh, post office travel money. And they've actually... Actually, I think we're going to be talking about this. I've suddenly, we are going to be talking about this. And I've suddenly... We're going to be talking about this with Samantha Womack. I've suddenly realised because she was doing a survey about how you do a one-stop shop and the post office have come up with this idea of it's, it's cheaper in certain countries to do the bed and breakfast than to do all-inclusive, ex- uh, all which, of course, we love as Brits, don't we? So I'm sure we're talking about that to Samantha, who's also another brilliant interview. It's uh, 5.30. <laughs> headlines with Tim John. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. The highest conversation with Steve Allen. M25 open now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good news for you on the M25. You're okay. It's open. Come on, quick. Rally to work. Rally to work. We'll close again later. Uh, Lynn says, I bought my husband a water flask. Got an inner core, which you take out, fill with water and freeze, then pop it back in the flask, filled with cold water, keeps water chilled for hours. Yes, I mean, I've noticed that water you keep in the car, I mean, can practically be at boiling point if you leave it on the seats or exposed to the sunshine. Terrible, absolutely terrible. So just be careful. But the M25, open, open. I can't emphasise enough all those people going, oh, the M25. No, it's open. People say, is it open? It's open. Steve Allen's just said, it's open, which is good. Uh, a pensioner was killed as he tried to protect an 87-year-old paedophile from a criminal he'd apparently met in prison. The man rushed to the aid of his neighbour, Francis Corey Wright, an old Etonian, after he heard him being attacked in his million-pound house. 
Villagers said the neighbour, named locally as Dennis Skinner in his 60s, was stabbed and had his uh, throat cut um, after he went to Corey Wright's detached house in the village green of Little Gaddiston near Berkhampstead in Hertfordshire. Police described it as an attack of significant significant violence. And that story uh, here is in the paper. The, uh, the person who they're looking for is called Ian McLaughlin. He's supposed to be highly dangerous. He's uh, also been convicted of a homophobic attack before. And uh, he's, uh, he's previously uh, served time for having underage sex as well. So a very dangerous person. There's a picture of him in the paper today. I went out the other day. I went to Radlett. Only because I was going to Costco. And uh, I'd seen a house. And uh, the only reason I thought about it is because I can't find the place. And it's a house in Radlett, which has obviously got a very posh bit and then a not very posh bit. And the very posh bit has got some houses which look as though they're absolutely worth millions. But this house appeared in Country Life magazine. And it's, uh, it's a reproduction Elizabethan manor. The interior of this house is so beautiful, I couldn't, I couldn't even begin to describe it to you. But they're looking for about £12 million. And I don't know whether or not I've won the lottery. And even if I did... I'm not going to spend all my money on one house out in Radlick. So I suddenly realised it's a way out of town. But, of course, I, rem- I was reminded driving there that it was the very first place that we did the show, that we did the live shows. We started off doing Radlett. It's only a little, little place. I think it seats about 350, 400 or something like that. And the first show sold out very, very fast. Just in case you just tuned on the radio, I'm, I'm just reiterating of what we did do out in Radlett. And then so we had to add a second show on fairly quick. On the same day, they said, do you want to do an, another show? No, we, no, that's right. We had a different date for it, which was, which was quite a good idea. So Radlett always has very fond memories. <laughs> I love the way Bradley Walsh ended the conversation by thanking you for appearing on his show on Sunday. Yes. Oh, he's a big fan. Which is quite, I quite like that, actually. I like that. I like the idea that people in the business listen to the programme. You know, especially if, if, if people are up early enough and they're coming into work or they're, they're going off to do various things. Of course, the, uh, the bad news is that the, uh, this morning is finished now with Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. They always take the summer off so Philip can try and scratch a living getting some other gigs. I mean, it's not going to be easy, really, is it? Because he's hardly ever on the television. And, uh, and Holly, of course, will have nowhere to plug her dresses. But unfortunately, then for the summer, you get Eamon Holmes and Ruth. She's OK, but he's sometimes a little bit pushy with her. And I don't, I don't like it when he pushes her around. It's not, not pleasant. Uh, if you're too lazy to boil an egg, help is at hand. It's being done for you in Dippy Egg. Dippy Egg is a new convenience food designed to hit the supermarket shelves for those too inept to create the perfect runny yolk. Sounds disgusting. I haven't done um, an egg <coughs> excuse me, in the morning for years. And so what this one here, it's a single pasteurised egg in its shell, pre-boiled in an airtight plastic bag to just the right consistency before being sold in a plastic box. All the consumer has to do is remove it from its plastic bag, put it back in the pot, pour on boiling water before replacing the lid and waiting five minutes. When the egg is ready, it can be eaten from the lid, which doubles as an egg cup. Oh, surely people aren't going to buy into this one, are they? I mean, I like the idea, because I'm all for giving... But, I mean, how, how long does it take to do an egg anyway? Isn't it about three minutes? You lower them gently in. So this one's already been part done for you. So it's a bit like a pot noodle. You take the lid off, you pour the boiling water on, put the lid back on, leave it for five minutes, take it off, and you've got a perfect, perfect runny yolk. Makes me feel ill, I'm afraid. <laughs> Makes me feel ill even thinking about it. Delia Smith advises covering an egg in a pan with cold water, bring it to the boil, then simmer gently for three minutes for a really soft-boiled egg, four for a white, 
that is just set and a yolk that is creamy and five minutes for a set white and yolk that is just a little squidgy in the centre. little squidgy in the centre. <laughs> Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Uh, Nigella and uh, Charles Saatchi, uh, they say that they're going to go for a swift divorce to avoid airing their dirty linen in public. God, do you think there is any dirty linen? I mean, I, I would like to think that they're both sensible enough and so middle class that they were able to uh, to do this quite sensibly. But I don't think people like him anymore. I think they've seen him as somebody, you know, any man who can put their arms around the neck of a woman, I'm afraid, it just gets... They, they, they go to the bottom of the class, I'm afraid. They have to go to the bottom of the class. So we'll wait and see. Waitrose are going to open a restaurant featuring some of the products available in the aisles. They're going to launch the venture at the end of next year because they've got smaller cafes within the larger store. Although location has not been decided, they said it could be family-friendly, offering pizzas, burgers and steaks. Oh, I quite like that idea. I've been to a couple of the Marks and Spencers restaurants, but they just do toasted sandwiches and stuff like that. But that's OK. That's quite... I wish they did that in all the stores. I'd rather see that than these blooming coffee shops all over the place. I'm not... You know, I'm, I'm, much as I like, I like coffee... Um, you know, eventually you think, can we have something else, please, in the high street? And here is the high street, taken over by 12 pound shops. Now, I'm pretty... This is Orpington High Street. I'm so sorry if you live in Orpington that we picked on you this morning. But they say they've got 12 charity shops, you know, from Oxfam. They've got Cancer Research, British Heart Foundation. They've got one... T- they've got two cancer research shops. Marie Curie... Uh, so they've got Oxfam, Save the Children, PDSA, that's People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, Age UK, Hospices of Hope, uh, Harris Hospice Care, uh, the Children's Trust, Cancer Research, British Heart Foundation, Cancer Research again, Marie Curie, Cancer again, and Scope, the disability charity. Well, I reckon we've got more than 12 in Twickenham. I reckon we've got loads more than 12. We seem to be, you know, the charity blooming up around our way. It's ridiculous. They don't have any in Richmond, do they? Well, if they do, they're certainly well hidden. Ours are all on the high street. I could quite do with them going, actually, because they don't, they don't serve any useful purpose, apart from a lot of odd people who wander in and out and want to wear other people's clothes. That's a bit odd, isn't it? It's not normal behaviour in this day and age, I'm afraid. So Orpington is the, the charity capital, they say. Uh, although, they, I mean, the, the PDSA shop... Used to be a Dalton China shop. Scope occupies a former wool shop. You know, I mean, as they've said here, when Marks and Spencers was here, there was a reason for people to come to the town. Now we've got all the charity shops, and it attracts the wrong people. It really attracts the wrong... And we have a pound land. Well, you can never get staff to work in there. It really... It's a bit of a struggle. Sometimes the queue goes way back. Marks and Spencers as well. The queue goes way back. Yes, I walked in and I thought, oh, God, there's far too many people queuing. Went back over the road, did, did a couple of other things, went back and the queue had gone right down. Because you don't want to stand it. And somebody, why is it that somebody can't pack bags? They just sort of throw stuff in there and it's just, just ridiculous. Don't put anything soft on there. It's going to crush my prawns. My prawns crushing? What's in this day and age? Uh, thousands of elderly people are being denied the chance to save their sight with vital cataract surgery. Wow. Uh, the NHS has rationed it, I'm afraid. They've decided they don't want to spend too much time on these surgeries. But the, uh, the, the Daily Express has come up with a wonder jab. They either do medical or weather. In fact, somebody even said it. The, oh, actually, it's a very funny bit. I knew it was a funny bit I was going to mention to you. 
about John Leslie, which I've cut from one of the papers over the weekend. <laughs> but uh, that, and somebody said on the television over the weekend, they said, oh, the Express, they either do weather or medical stories. And today it's medical. And they say overweight Britons could soon benefit from an injection that triggers the brain into thinking the stomach is full. I thought a big sign stuck in the back going, I'm a fat person, would be fairly helpful. But this wonder jab could fight the fat. It could wipe out your hunger pangs. I like the idea here. I like the idea. Experts from Imperial College London say the jab, which will eventually be available over the counter, could also help in the battle against weight-related illnesses, including diabetes. I think it should be tested on diabetics. First of all, I'll go for it. Test it on me. I'm diabetic. I'd love to sort of uh, lose weight. I'd love an injection that makes me uh, or my stomach think that I've eaten loads of food. I don't want to get to that stage, though, where I think maybe I, maybe I haven't eaten any food and I need to, otherwise I'm going to collapse with exhaustion in this weather. I get friends of mine saying, I've got, we have to eat breakfast. We have to, I'm in danger of dropping dead through exhaustion. I go, don't be so ridiculous. Not the amount of fat you're carrying. But I like the idea of an injection that could, that could help you. Because that's very good. I did laugh the other day, though. I was mentioning to a friend of mine. It shows how the house prices vary in London. Uh, one of the boys from One Direction, Zane, I believe. I think he's going out from one of those desperately unattractive girls from Little Minx. Mix. And uh, he's, he's bought his mum a house. And they had a picture of this house. And it looked lovely. It's got, you know, windows, door. So it's obviously in a, in a nice area. And it's got a garage. And they said it's worth 231000 And I thought... Blimey, you can't even buy a flat round our way for that. So where is it? And somebody said, it's in Bradford. I went, oh, you can buy the whole of Bradford for 231000 It shows what you can get if you move up the country, doesn't it? You can move up the country and get loads more value. And then Derek Beatty's will was published. Derek Beatty, who for years hosted Mr and Mrs. And I always thought must have been terribly rich when he died. He left about £260,000. Which, to be honest with you, I didn't think I didn't think was very much money at all. I thought he would have left loads more than that, but uh, but he didn't. But he didn't. On the subject of famous people's ages, it's not uncommon, says Paul in Manchesterford, to be economical with the truth. Doris Speed, who played Annie Walker in Coronation Street, was supposed to be in her eighties, but actually ninety-five when she died. And Carmen Silvera from A Lower Low was thought to be seventy-two, but eighty when she passed. Diana Durban, who died a few weeks ago. Uh, was made several years younger by Universal Pictures. And I believe there is, he said, and you'll laugh at this, a supposedly an LBC presenter who's been passing himself off as 39 for years, but who definitely won't see 50 again. Imagine that. Well, that's shocking, isn't it? If that person could be named and shamed on this station, I'd be more than happy. Imagine passing yourself off as 39. <laughs> if anybody's going to believe that. It'll be that Julie Hartley Brewer woman, won't it? I can just tell, actually. It'll be her. I think she's 72. I'm totally convinced. I saw her the other day. I'm convinced she's 72. <laughs> it's uh, 16 minutes to six. It's Monday morning. It's LBC 97.3. We have our gadget competition. Details coming up in a moment. Your chance to get yourself on a very nice HP Slate 7. All you've got to do is answer. I think it's a really difficult question. I think the question today is particularly difficult, but I'm sure that many of you will say, no, it's easy peasy. So I'll give you that in a moment. But uh, we've got the news headlines coming up almost immediately because it's quarter to six. With the headlines, Tim John. Thank you, Steve. Good morning after Steve Allen. Good morning. 11 minutes to six. Neil says M25 now open and sent in a picture as well. Thank you. It's what we like. I like those little <laughs> pictures taken in cars. It always, always amuses me. Uh, eight, th- eight, five, uh, sorry, no, what am I talking about? Steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850, Steve at That's right. I have to write, sometimes you repeat it so often, you kind of get, I start thinking, and one day I gave up my home phone number. 
on the programme some years ago. I was sort of saying, la, 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 la. And somebody said, well, we've just done. Have you just given out a different number? I went, oh, God, that's my home number. Luckily, we, it was pre-podcast days. Otherwise, I'd be plagued with people calling me home. Hi, Steve. <laughs> just the not sort of thing I want. Uh, I'm sleeping during the day and working night, says Christina. I got my British ship test next week, studying hard. If I fail, I'll be back to my birth country. There you go. If I pass, you'll hear from me. That kind of is the way it works, isn't it, really? Well, you can pick us up abroad. We're not fussy. I don't mind where, where people listen to us. I'm, I'm really not remotely bothered by that. You can, you can listen to us sitting on the moon, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm still trying to find out from Paul in Manchester, who's this LBC presenter passing him or herself off as 39? Ridiculous, honestly. How do people think they can get away with stuff like that? Uh, there is a, a picture, uh, a picture of the paper today of the uh, marching to death. It's the people... Apparently, in, in the Brecon Beacons, it's quite normal to see lots of people trekking around. And what happens is that in this excessive heat, the brain shuts down. It says, in other words, you, it, it's like hypothermia, only the reverse of hypothermia. There's a, a survival expert who's called Jock Wishart. He said you become dizzy and disorientated as your brain begins to shut down. Other symptoms include feeling extremely tired and experiencing intense thirst. The danger is that your judgment becomes clouded and you'll have gone too far before you realise there's a problem. The whole body starts to slowly shut down. That's when heat exhaustion becomes fatal. And he said the risk is greater for soldiers on exercises under pressure to perform a particular task within a time limit or other constraints. This is the story which is in the paper today of the, the soldiers. We think on a TA exercise, we don't know whether or not it was to... Uh, to see whether they were fit enough to go into the SAS. We've got no idea. Ministry of Defence are going to be checking this one out. Anyway, I think uh, seven of them collapsed on this thing because the heat was intense. They were, they were walking and marching with these huge backpacks on. Uh, you know, some people survive these kind of things. Other people don't. And two of them, they airlifted to hospital in Merthyr Tidville and they died as a result of the heat, heat exhaustion because they're fully kitted up. Plus, they're carrying about £100 on their backs. Now, we don't know whether or not they might have had problems anyway, and uh, that will no doubt come out later on in the autopsies, I should imagine. But it is terrible. I mean, this this heat at 29 degrees is a killer. You know, for me, it's an absolute nightmare, and for many of you as well, it's a nightmare. I know loads of you absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And I, that doesn't bother me. I understand people who go to hot countries and, and things like that, but I just can't function in it at all. Uh, Johnny says, hurrah, more Eamon Holmes for the summer. My favourite presenter must be on more radio and television. As sadly, for his legion of fans, he's not seen enough. Oh, you can't miss him. Oh, you really can't miss him. Let's face it. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, the charity shops in Epping all seem to be full of the local middle class ladies who like to be seen doing their bit for charity. So don't panic, Orpington. Thank you. Or Twickenham, or Twickenham. Uh, and uh, First Choice have a tool on their website that allows you to work out how much you save on an all-inclusive, says Damien. It's good, isn't it? I still like the old-fashioned way. Perhaps I'm old-fashioned. You want to book a holiday? I don't do it online. I go to see John Warrington. I go and have a chat to John, because he knows about places. So, you know, if, if I say to him, I'm thinking of going to Magaluf for a nice, quiet summer holiday, relaxing on the beach, and John is going to be saying... Don't go near it at all. It's not for people of your age. It's for younger people from Newcastle. And they go there to have a, a jolly holiday with a few of their chums and a few very willing girls, which includes generally mostly uh, mostly Newcastle people, I'm afraid. So, uh, so that's why it is. So, I mean, I'd, I, like to go to a, I like to go to a travel agent, somebody who's experienced a particular resort. I watched The Apprentice, says Johnny, as I heard it'd be good. Oh, dear. Isn't it time to dump this nonsense? 
delusional wannabes who basically tell lies on a CV. Well, they are, aren't they? They are pathetically stupid. Tina says, uh, for your eyes only... Is it real? That's where the house is. Thank you. It's lovely inside. <laughs> Tara says, I know the house in Radlett, you mean. It's wow, but no land for a pony. <laughs> That's the old line from Hyacinth Bouquet. This is my daughter, so this is uh, sorry, whatever it is, my sister so-and-so. She's got, you know, so-and-so and room for a pony. Which made it sound, let's make it sound like an enormous place. This this house is lovely. Is that where it is? Oh, it's in that, oh, right. I, I, I didn't know the road, but the house inside, it's so beautiful. They've recreated in Elizabethan Manor. All the woodwork is perfect, everything, it's lovely. But it's about 13 million. <laughs> and Lawrence from Staten's Estate Agent, he said, we're selling, look at this, honestly. I was like, Dear God in heaven, you know, you mentioned something on the radio. I've now had six emails from people and text messages going, we know this house, we know this house you're looking at. It is, but I don't have, I have to tell you, Lawrence, I don't have the, the 13 million. It's, it's between 12 and 13, I think. And he says, please let me know if you win the lottery and I'd love uh, you to take a look. He said, could you, could you have a look anyway? <laughs> Actually, I've had a look inside because I've had a look at the pictures on the internet. So it, it's not the same as... But it, it does look beautiful. And I, begin, I feel like saying to them, does it come with all the furniture and the fittings? Because it, it is so so beautiful. And, and I looked at it. And then I, but when we went to Radlett, because I was going to Costco, Lawrence. So that's why. So we were a bit early. So we nipped to Radlett. So I could go back and have a look at the hall again where we did our very first live show. And I'm looking at this avenue, thinking, I wonder if it's one of these houses. What if these one of these houses? It's great, honestly, I love that. How strange. Uh, Lawrence listens every morning. Thank you. What we like to hear. So Statens have got it on their, on their books. Uh, Paul says, fantastic traffic update. On the move at the M25, although late for work. But at least I can enjoy the sunrise and listen to LBC. Matt says, you don't mind where people listen? Even if they live in Barking? Come on. Yeah, well, may- maybe not Barking. I don't want to be too excited about barking. Radlett I could be excited over. There's a very pretty road, though. There's some, there are some very, very pretty roads. Very pretty roads. But thank you very much, indeed, for everybody who's telling me about this house. I love that. I just love the fact that LBC re- sort of goes out to so many different people and so many people are listening to the programme that when you mention something, you can generally get an answer back quite quickly. You know, I remember saying to somebody once, well, I'm trying to find so-and-so, and somebody wrote back and went, it's... and everybody knows, which is brilliant. Uh, Bill, he says, I'm listening to you in our car via the iPhone app, but he's in Vancouver. Makes Radlett seem a bit naff, doesn't it, really? Radlett one minute, Vancouver the next. He said, you make us smile often. Oh, well, there you go. That's wind for you, isn't it, I suppose? Next thing is a kite. Uh, Ed says, Orpington is charity shop land for sure, although it has had more than its fair share of cash converters. Report is a tad unfair, though as there's a relatively new shopping centre close to the town and work has already begun in setting up a new entertainment complex at the back of the high street. Oh, she's still working there. Uh, the local council have finally... Sorry. The local council have finally acknowledged that Orpington falls in the borough, albeit on its outskirts. Big changes also in place for neighbouring Bromley. Chislehurst Caves, definitely great for a family day out, especially in this hot, oppressive weather. And Ed says, thank you for your wonderful programme. Well, thank you very much indeed. A friend of mine went to Croydon the other day, and he's not been to Croydon for ages. He said it was the most awful place he'd ever been to. He said, it's, he said um, Alders, the uh, department store's gone. I remember when Alders was in its heyday. I used to do uh, a quiz for them at Christmas at Alders, because the, uh, the boss, Dan Alders, used to listen to LBC all the time. When it went, I was really disappointed, because they had one at um, Clapham Junction, which was called Arding and Hobbs. 
And I think we used to run adverts on LBC for Harding and Hobbs. And I remember I was I used to go there. It's an old-fashioned department store, but they don't they don't exist these places now. There's no room for them. The one in Ilford became a Debenhams, did it really? Dear me. I don't like change, actually. I've suddenly realised I don't like change. I'm becoming a very old, grumpy man, aren't I, really? I don't like all this changing. I remember going to see Father Christmas once at a place near... Yes, last year. Very nice it was, too. Thank you. Well, actually, no, I'll tell you what. It was even sooner than last year. It was Monday, just gone. I saw Father Christmas at the Hampton Court Flower Show. He was sitting outside one of the places, and I thought, you must be boiling hot with that big white beard on. Uh, just in case for young people listening, this is only... This is the, the one who's a, a friend of the real Father Christmas. You have to say that, otherwise I complain. People write in, I, my son was listening to the radio and Steve Allen said there was no... And we had tears and everything. Hilarious. 84850, uk. I have seen Father Christmas at, at the North Pole, actually. Was it the North Pole, the South Pole, Antarctica? Wherever it was, it was blooming cold. But he was sitting out there and he looked he looked quite good. Little Julie, thank you very much. There's young Neil with his hat. Do you know, I had to wear a hat yesterday. Look at his picnic basket, honestly. I had to wear a hat yesterday because it's the only thing that protects you in this weather. If you're an estate agent, of course, as Lawrence is, you have to wear shirt and tie. And it's really naff, isn't it, in this weather? You just want to sit there in the office with air conditioning on. You don't actually want to do anything at all. But this weather is going to last for the whole week. I can only say that because I'm sitting in an air-conditioned studio. And somebody... Who did I bring in the other day? I brought somebody in, and it might have been Samantha Womack, who's going back in to EastEnders for a short time. I can't tell you what it is, but I was helpful with her. And and she walked to the studio and went, oh, it's freezing. I went, it has to be cold, the studio. Most broadcast studios are cold, I said, because it's to keep the equipment at the right temperature. I said, and also broadcasters tend to fall asleep. If you're sitting in a room too long, you start nodding off. And you'd hate it if I got halfway and then went. You know, it just w- wouldn't be good, would it? It's, yes, you, you know, you, you, you like people to sound reasonably attentive your every need and that's uh, that's exact exactly why we're here it's steve allen's early breakfast it's lbc 97.3 it's nice to have your company this monday morning even if you have got to go to work and even if it is going to be 29 degrees news at six is next on fm online with steve allen certainly is it's going to be a scorcher today it's going to be 29 degrees actually i've suddenly written because lawrence is back again now he's become addicted now and uh, he said the house is fully air conditioned, so it would be ideal. This I would ex- the thirteen million pounds. I would expect to have people standing there fanning you personally. To be honest with you, it did look lovely inside. It really did. I can't imagine what what the couple do for a living who own this house because it's it, uh, every attention to detail. It really does look beautiful. It's like that advert on the television. It's for a computer, and it's a it's a well known actor. Is it Al? Is it Al Pacino who's playing golf on a piano? Is it for Sky? That's right. But this house is beautiful. It's got marble floors and shant- oh, and gold. It's a very Jewish regency. A bit like Radlett, actually. But uh, but I like it a lot. I do like it a lot. I really do. Um, a couple of things. Apparently, Cheryl Cole has hit 30, as you know, the dullest birthday party in living memory. She had to fly her friends out there. But uh, she thinks she can have a career as long as Madonna. She says, I'm inspired by her and her length of power in the job. Well, you'd be inspired by somebody who worked in Tesco's, dear, I should imagine. You know, because most of those have held jobs for a long, long while. Um, and then I loved it because we were talking about the heat and uh, we managed to find some people on the news from South Africa uh, because they must be absolutely... It must be baking over there. A friend of mine's gone to... Where did he go to? Brazil. And apparently it's like 36 degrees. It sounds dreadful. So I shouldn't really be complaining about how bad it is here. But there is God. There is a God. I've decided. You know why there's a God? 
Nelson Mandela's coming out of hospital. It was only a short while ago people are practically writing this man off at the age of 95, 94, and he's coming out of hospital now. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, just find it unbelievable that they're going, well, of course, you know, he'll probably go this weekend. And uh, and other people are saying, well, do you think he'll... No, he's... And I said, listen, God appears to be on his side. God appears to like Nelson Mandela. So that's that's good news, isn't it? Uh, Other stories in the papers today, apart from Corey Monteith found dead of this suspected drugs overdose. He has a history. He comes with history, I'm afraid. He was only out of rehab rehab a short while ago. Uh, Two Territorial Army soldiers collapsed and died during a gruelling exercise on the hottest day of the year. This girl, who's run off with a Turkish waiter, um, he has a history. He's been in prison for for violent attacks on people, banned from bars. Quite clearly not pleasant. She quite clearly, uh, at 16, they think they know it all. We've all had that. We've all had it. We've all been there. We've all been there when your parents have said, you treat this place like a hotel. You think your mother's got anything better to do than pick your clothes up after you. And so here's a girl who's quite headstrong and off she's gone with a Turkish waiter who might or not, might not be sort of uh, a nice person. But quite clearly, they were just about to board a flight and uh, she decides to get into a car and disappear off. So quite clearly, it's a case of you're not seeing... The mother had allowed this relationship to start, though. So she can only blame herself, I'm afraid. She said, but they weren't allowed to be alone. <laughs> That's gone out the window straight away, I'm afraid. Out the window. Uh, 84850, uk. George has tried to... I can't mention any brand names of any drugs, I'm afraid, uh, for people giving up smoking. I stopped with patches. When I stopped smoking, and I, I stopped twice. And, now, and I'll tell you the reason I wouldn't smoke now is because I think, A, I've got stents. Uh, B, it would kind of be sort of a kick in the teeth of the NHS that they'd have wasted £14,000 on an operation to keep me living, and all I do is go back and, and carry on smoking. But I did have people on my ward, and um, I was on a mixed ward. B- bizarre, isn't it, really? When you get sort of there's a woman in the bed over the road, she's having a full heart replacement and everything else, half the family coming in. But I liked it. I liked my stay in hospital. I was only in overnight. It was, I thought it was quite good. I potted about, you know, went to the toilet a couple of times. The only thing they wouldn't let me do is sleep at night. They're going to monitor you after after you've had your stents put in. But the amount of people who wanted... Some bloke over the road from me, he couldn't wait to finish. He could go and have a cigarette. I thought, no, you're in here because of smoking. But it's not easy. It's not easy. This all stems to Paul Gaza Gascoigne and his uh, I'm going to stop drinking plea, which we've heard so many times now. And they'll, they'll tell you anything, these people. They'll tell you anything. You know, it's and yet when we talk to Les McEwen of the Bay City Rollers, who is touring again a little bit later in the year, I think September, go to his website and check out the details. Uh, he was saying that you've got to keep busy. If you're an alcoholic and you want to stop drinking, keep busy because you don't have enough time to to think about drinking. And so that was the that was the thing that I uh, I quite liked, actually. Um, Went to see the UB40 gig at Wimbledon on Saturday, Steve. Met the band for champagne afterwards. Now it's Monday. John in Harrow says, I can't contain myself after seeing Helen, I'm an actress, Flanagan, gazing out in a double-page spread in yesterday's sun. Then the nightmare continued several pages later when they featured Denise Welsh and her wedding in the Algarve, along with her Z-list celebrities. Oh, I know, it was absolutely dreadful. Some people, they didn't even know who they were. 84850. Apparently in Orpington, sorry to upset your text to Steve, but work on the cinema has been halted. Although the eight screen cinema was viable, they can't find tenants for the retail units. Oh, sorry, Orpington, you're not, you're not going to get an eight screener. Never mind. Uh, Steve, think of us police officers in this weather with the shirt, trousers, and body armour and hats. Well, don't wear a bonnet. It's your own fault for going out there. 
<laughs> one of those donkeys on the Algarve, you know, a nice straw hat with flowers around the outside. I think all policemen should wear that and do Morris dancing as well. I think just to, just to make it interesting. I love Morris dancing. I, I can watch anybody else as well, but Morris doing his dancing is particularly funny. No, I mean, I, I spare a thought for policemen in this weather. It's not much fun, is it, to go around with you? Also, the people I feel really sorry for, apart from feeling sorry, yes, for police officers, because they've got to suffer standing around. Traffic wardens, they look like scenes out of Star Wars, the traffic wardens now, don't they? They look like you can beam them up Scotty quite easily. And then all the, uh, all the officers, Force Guards Parade, all of the people down there, they must swelter, mustn't they? I mean, that must be absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible. For all these poor people who've got to wear their uniforms. And on buses. On buses. Is that... See, when This is a picture of David Beckham. And uh, he's smiling. When he smiles, he looks a bit naff. He looks a bit like Scary Boy. It's only when he looks mean and moody. But the rest of the time, he's just a big girl's blouse, isn't he, really? He's David Beckham. He's just, you know, he's, he's rent-a-bloke. But then you sort of put him in... Oh, wait a minute. He's showing his watch there. So that means he'll be paid for advertising the watch. And then there'll be the... All these people get paid for it. Did you see Andy Murray the other day? They had his uh, watch in the paper. He gets paid a million pounds a year for the thing. And it was showing the wrong time. <laughs> Who wants a watch that shows the wrong time? I mean, you'd think they'd check things like this, wouldn't you? But apparently not, I'm afraid. Apparently not. 84850 uk. Denise Welsh getting married. Old woman marries young bloke, you know. Bit sad, but there you go. And uh, very quickly, we do some more of these uh, here. And uh, Guy says you're one in a million, yes. And uh, some of the other presenters were one in a raffle, <laughs> which is quite good. Uh, I'm going to the Gambia, West Africa, says Billy. Do you think I'd better listen to your show from there? I would think it'd be absolutely advantageous to take the radio. You can listen online, absolutely online. I mean, you can podcast. and everything. In fact, actually, when I have friends going away on holiday, and sometimes people who don't even like me, they download the programme and they take it away with them. And so they can listen to the um, to the podcast when you're away on holiday so it's, so save them up save them up and then you can um, and you can go away on holiday and then you can pretend that that show is live for that particular day so today we will have a uh, a free podcast well every day we have a free podcast up except when I'm really ill which I'm not very ill very often but occasionally we have a coughing fit all the way through the blooming thing so we have a free podcast for today which would go up before 7 and then there'll be the rest of the show which goes up a little bit later on Bodgers of Ilford are still going strong, says Tracy, opposite the station. No, I, we were talking about Ilford the other day. Where did I go to? There used to be a place in Hoban called Gamages, but there was a place out near... Oh, I can't remember where it was now. And it was a department store, and I think it's near... It's near Wanstead. I'm sure that you... I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I remember... It's, it's one word... I'm pretty certain it's one word. And I saw Father Christmas there years and years ago. And it's like a little high street, but this was a department store. It's not Gamages, but it was... Oh, I wish I could think what it is. But they used to have Father Christmas there, and it's near Wanstead, I'm pretty certain. Oh, dear, the poor girl who's interviewing da- Davy Boy Beckham, who's now into his third outfit. Have you noticed? Third outfit. She's wearing blue, and the whole court is blue. So, in fact, you can't... Oh, there he is, smiling. Scary boy, scary boy. Very scary. Don't, don't smile, David. It makes you look a bit geeky, OK? Love my wife, love my wife, love my children. Half a seven, half a seven. Couldn't drink a whole one. Four to part, 14 minutes past six. LBC Nighty Station with Steve Allen. Morning. Glorious day if, of course, you're lying in a pool at the moment, surrounded by ice cubes, staring out there with a pina colada or something. I don't know, I've not had a pina colada for some time. I can't Although they had some pina colada slush 
at the market a while ago, but I, I omitted from having it, just thinking, oh, don't get tiddled walking around a market. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it, we've only got ten minutes of the programme. It's gone a bit quickly this morning, hasn't it? Mainly because you've been all very, very useful to me. Thank you very much indeed for, for sort of filling in the missing gaps this morning. We, we do rely on you almost too much, I think. Uh, the LBC Gadget giveaway on Friday. Eni Casey from Islington got the Google tablet, and today... It's the HP Slate tablet, ideal for estate agents. I can only recommend it for estate agents. It's got a seven-inch screen, should keep anybody happy, and eight gigabytes of memory, as well as a USB port. And you can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning, which is when the competition finishes, but you need to know the answer to this question. Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne. Where will the royal baby be in the line of succession to the British throne? To win the HP Slate 7 today, you text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you've got about eight minutes, OK? Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions are online at LBC dot co dot uk good luck now lost me oh there it is i thought i lost me a bit of paper about nick ferrari this morning so he's going to be talking about the uh, m25 buckling which is brilliant <laughs> or not as the case maybe god it's one poor woman five hours in the blooming thing yesterday must have driven her mad uh, little julie says lovely day yes in high park and sent me in photos thank you so much i'm glad you had the the nice weather uh tim john has just sent me the um the statement from the Highways Agency. They reopened at 5.30, reported first on LBC. Quickest off the mark, I think, on that one, bar none. And uh, they actually rang up. Did they ring us first? Oh, how lovely. There you go. You see? Thank you, Highways Agency. Well done to you on that one. And uh, so they've reopened it. It's regrettable, they say, that drivers were stuck in traffic on a hot Sunday after the precaution was taken to close the carriageway after a uh, a defect across three lanes led to safety concerns. I like the way that they phone LBC first. So, so they should, actually. Uh, the store is, and by golly, you've responded on this one, Behrman's. Behrman's. That was the store. Thank you so much indeed. Um, did you see a BA manager, Steve, uh, disrespecting Andy Murray's mum on Facebook? Yes, yes, he was the one who disciplined crew during the industrial action. Yes, I think his name's Simon Taylor. He was in all the papers the other day. He wrote something about something disrespectful. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't, wasn't the cleverest thing. Uh, 84850. As a sister of an alcoholic, I envy the family of the Glee star. The family's suffering cannot be described. No, I mean, I've, I've worked with alcoholics. This is the, the guy. This is Corey Monteith. I don't think he was an alcoholic. He's, uh, we think it was, well, it, it is definitely drugs. He's just come out of rehab for, for drug problems. Uh, the department store, Steve, is Behrman's. Thank you, Keith. High Road, Leightonstone. And the reason I mentioned it, and in fact, uh, Pete in Epping. Thank you, Pete. Behrman's. See, I knew you'd all know. I mean, it's, I, I just, I just, don't you find that this is just the best thing ever? You know, when it's almost like the country coming together. When we do something and we sort of, we win at Wimbledon and we're definitely going to get the ashes off the old Aussies, aren't we? I mean, that's not going to be too much trouble. Um, and Behrman's, says Jean. What a lovely surname, Jean. Jean Easter. Isn't that a great surname? She says, I think you're thinking of Behrman's in Leighton High Road. My mum used to take we four children there to see Father Christmas. When you said we four, it's like we four as opposed to us four, not we as in tiny, to see Father Christmas in the 50s. Well, you're obviously a little bit older than I am. Um, but you're quite right, it was Behrman's. And the reason I went there 
is because we we used to live uh, near Gants Hill, which so my uncle had a butcher's shop. So all our family come from that side of town. Wanstead Flats, I used to ride my bicycle over. My Auntie Jean and Uncle Jack used to live round there with all my cousins. Actually, I've lost one of my... I, I keep checking, but I felt we keep losing people. I'm going to say losing. They're not, like, floating out to sea or nothing like that. They're dying. And it's terrible. I mean, we lost one of my younger cousins, probably about my age. Frightens the hell out of me, I have to tell you. Uh, Mary and Sunny Crawley says, Yes, I miss Alders too, but the arcade in the building is still open. A couple of shops, one being a very good watch repair unit, were very reasonable. They only charged me four ninety nine for a watch battery. Bless. <laughs> I quite like that idea. I think that's quite sweet. I like you sharing your memories of places. Uh, Steve, the Green Man Roundabout. The Green Man Roundabout. It's The Green Man is the pub, isn't it? Beryl in Hornchurch. David on the M25. Joyce. Uh, cool. Loads of you. Loads of you. Uh, thank you so much for that. Christine in Ilford. Bearman's with Father Christmas. Tracy again. The Christmas Grotto was lovely. Uh, Bodges in Ilford, I used to go there as a child, says Anne, who's a district nurse, hot and bothered all weekend. Are you thinking of room store in Upminster, Paul in Poplar? No. Uh, Martin in Rotherhithe, what about us blokes in the building game? Health and safety make us wear more gear than a paratrooper. It's blooming cruel. It is. And uh, one here for Mr Chaz. It was Bearmans of Leightonstone, Steve. Long gone. Long gone. The, uh, oh, that's right. Joanna in Barnes says it was Bearman's in Leightonstone. I went to see Father Christmas. There was a sleigh ride. Well, actually, it was a boat. You went through a door at the back and you sat on a boat and... Tom Cruise has appeared next door. Very good. And, um, I said joking, he hasn't really appeared here. You know, I'm just saying that, just in case you go, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. And, um, and the, the walls of this sleigh ride moved. So it made it look as though you were, there were swans at the front, I think. And then, and then all of a sudden it came to a stop. <laughs> As kids, when you think about it, it was so naff, but it was brilliant. As a kid, you believed it. I thought we were going on a sleigh ride, but I twigged. Because when we came out the door at the end, we came out of a different door. And there was Father Christmas, and we got a present. And that was the big treat as children, to go to Bearman's. Sorry to bore you with nostalgia this morning, but believe you me. So when I see little kids queuing up to see Father Christmas now, I always think... I was that little child. I was that person who went there. So it was it was really good. So Joanna had the one in the forest. We had a we had the swan boat. <laughs> Steve, what about mums who are nine months pregnant? The heat is murderous. Well, you can't blame me for that. I'll take responsibility for some things. <laughs> uh, Harrison Gibson at Ilford. No, definitely not Harrison Gibson. It was the, it was the other one actually. But thank you. And Steve, Sarah thought for the paramedics: heavy boots, trousers. And half those ambulances don't have aircon. My friend's a paramedic and passed out in the back of the ambulance last Sunday. And they, yes, I mean for anybody, for anybody who has to, uh, to has to, to suffer in this, the Green Man roundabout. I'm so glad that you reminded me of that because I've not been up there for for some time. I should do it, shouldn't I? I should do a one of these travel documentaries where I go round and try and relive a few uh, a few childhood memories. Listen, just about it this morning, I'm afraid. We've uh, run out of time. We've, we've sorted out the house, should I win the lottery. Lawrence is going to help me out with that one. And uh, we've found out Bearman's, which was in Leightonstone High Road. And uh, on the subject of ages again, could you believe on Wikipedia this week, you're 59, says Paul. Ah, it's 
ridiculous, honestly. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know where people get these ideas from. Quite ridiculous. He says, on the subject of boy broadcasts, are thoroughly enjoying Dale in what looks like the first series of Supermarket Sweep and Anthony Davison's Stakeout, both on Challenge TV. Bit of a challenge, that one, isn't it? Anthony da- I know, Anthony Davis. <laughs> Whilst listening to an old podcast, I heard again the story of the woman with the stuff outside a shop, I think in Barron's Court, who jumped on the customer. No, she's over the road from here. She's in this, uh, there's an arcade kind of thing over the road here. No, no, she, she's here. Uh, definitely definitely not in um, in Barron's Court, but just over the road. Just over the road. <laughs> yes. They're very valuable. Well, don't put them outside your shop then, silly woman. Anyway, listen, I've got to go. But uh, we'll have a free podcast for you up very, very shortly. And then there'll be the other podcast up for you a little bit later on of the programme, plus the blog and all the other things as well. So it's good news on the M25. We seem to have sorted everything out this morning. I'm quite pleased, actually, with the way things have gone. And uh, I'm sorry it's going to be hot. If you don't function in the heat, I've got no idea how we're going to cope. And I'm quite sure that the rest of you will probably muddle through. But if you're in one of those people who have to wear uniforms, you have my my sympathy. Because it's uh, it's not much not much copy this weather, is it? When you've actually got to get out there and try and uh, try and struggle through. So we shall do it again tomorrow morning, where again the temperature is 29 degrees, which isn't great either, I'm afraid. We've got no idea when it's going to end. But uh, as Tim told you on the news a short while ago, the chances are on some Swithin's Day, whatever the weather is, it's going to go for a little bit... A little bit longer, I'm afraid. So we have to suffer. So we'll just make the best of it. Have a great day. Keep cool. Take water in the car. And uh, good luck to, to all of you getting backwards and forwards to work. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at four o'clock. Nick and the team with you at seven. Next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC. Because it's, uh, it's not, much, not much copy this weather, is it? When you've actually got to get out there and try and uh, try and struggle through. So we shall do it again tomorrow morning, where again the temperature is 29 degrees, which isn't great either, I'm afraid. We've got no idea when it's going to end. But uh, as Tim told you on the news a short while ago, the chances are on some Swithin's Day, whatever the weather is, it's going to go for a little bit a little bit longer, I'm afraid. So we have to suffer. So we'll just make the best of it. Have a great day. Keep cool. Take water in the car. And uh, good luck to, to all of you getting backwards and forwards to work. I'll talk to you Tomorrow morning at four o'clock. Nick and the team with you at seven. Next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC.